Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Why, hello, it is one minute and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101. KUFO, it is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Thank you for joining us. It's Tuesday, September... Anyone? Seventh? Sixth? Eighth? Eighth. Somewhere around there. All right. Let's say oh, it's say tomorrow's the, uh, the ninth. Then we'll say it's the eighth. Uh, Tuesday, September 8th, 2009. We are back from vacation. I hope everybody had a uh, safe and satisfying uh, Labor Day weekend and so forth. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. If you would like to join us today, you can also text at 52051 or you can email. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or our intrepid PA, uh, Greg Nibbler, can be reached at nibler at kufo. It's already the busiest show ever, and it hasn't even really begun. Um, Well, let's work our way backward. Uh, Coming up later on the day at 8 o'clock, we'll talk to uh, TMZ's Dax Holt. Also at uh, 8 o'clock, we have a major concert announcement that we're going to be getting to. So I will tease that relentlessly for the next two hours, raising anticipation uh, to a level that cannot cannot be matched by anything but the, the greatest of announcements. Uh, which we will then have uh, at 8. 7.40 this morning, we'll be talking to Josh Todd from Buckcherry. They're on the road with KISS, or KISS, depending on who you are. And they're on this nationwide tour, and I'm trying to find out if they're doing... There was this rumor going around that KISS is doing the album Alive all the way through from front to back, which sort of seems to be the thing that bands are doing now. It's the, they go out and they pick some record from the catalog, and then they just do the whole thing top to bottom. So the story is that KISS is doing the Alive record all the way through, but then I heard conflicting stories from some other Kistner this weekend that they're only doing that in Detroit at Cobo Hall, which is where they taped alive in the first place, and they get ready to tear it down. And anyway, whatever. So, um, But they're touring with Buckcherry, so we're going to talk to Josh Todd from Buckcherry later on. Don Taylor from Movies.com uh, will join us uh, today at uh, 7 o'clock, and mystery guest at 6.20. I mean, that's just three hours, right? That's not even counting this hour. And all of the shenanigans and goings-on that will be taking place between now and 6. Uh, it's 503-228-4101, or you can text at 520-51. We'll also recap Sunday night's incredibly awkward Mad Men episode, which was great, but I'm just filled with all kinds of cringe-inducing moments. Sarah, have you seen Mad Men from Sunday? I have not. You know, I'm just going to be zen with the fact that I'm never going to be caught up with Mad Men. Okay. So I just We're not giving up hope. No, I mean, there's still time for you. I, as we always say, it's not like it's lost where they reveal that somebody else, you know, that you thought was dead is really not dead. And somebody is somebody's doppelganger and so-and-so is being held in a bamboo pit somewhere. Mad Men doesn't really have those kind of stunning revelations. The revelations on Mad Men are things that were there underneath the surface the entire time that you always sort of were aware of. 
that you knew would happen at some point. That, that's the thing. It's it's not like it. In in other words, it's not a matter of what or if. It's only a matter of when on Mad Men. Very rarely do they tell you something you didn't already know. What Mad Men does is they put you, the audience, in possession of lots of information that the other characters don't have. That's the thing about that show. It it is not a program for couch potatoes because they always have your mind reeling. Exactly. You can't just sort of watch it in the background. Right. It's not network television. You can't do what I do with, like, um, you know, Dexter's a show where I'll just get up and I'll wander to the kitchen. And I won't even bother to pause it. I'll just I'll be, you know, be in making myself a sandwich or something, and meanwhile there's just the sounds of hacking and cutting coming from the living room. And then Dexter going, I'm as empty as a crawler box on Friday afternoon, you know, or whatever. And, 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 and meanwhile, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm sponging out a shelf in the refrigerator. Um, there was just this moment on Mad Men, and we'll, we'll talk more about it in a bit. The moment where Sal is acting out that Pepsi commercial for his wife. There's just no way to put it. It's just a- and, and the look of horror on her face as she's lying in bed saying, what have I done with my life? <laughs> Salvatore Romano, who is, I mean, this show is, what, 1963? Mm-hmm. So is very clearly a closeted man, and he's uh, in this marriage, which uh, at least for him is a l- little bit of a put-on. It's a sham. Um, and at one point, he's been put in charge of directing a Diet Pepsi commercial, except they don't call it Diet Pepsi. They call it Patio. Patio. And so he is demonstrating for his wife... Exactly how the commercial is going to unfold, and this entails him standing in their bedroom after she, after she has just unsuccessfully tried to seduce him, and him singing and dancing and acting out the Anne Margaret part. Now, now, keep in mind that she cannot remember any of the feminine parts of this commercial, so he is filling her in on things that every woman should know, and then she realized, well, he's more of a he, woman than I am. He does that Anne Margaret role pretty well. What could that possibly... Oh, my God! And then she just has that look in her eyes when she realized that he might, in fact, be the gay. It's just the, it's the most awkward moment in a show filled with awkward moments on Sunday. I mean, it was this is top to bottom. This is, this is you had like, to watch it at least twice it's like to get it all. Trauma. I'm about halfway through my second viewing of it. So, uh, all right. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Did you go camping or something this weekend? What was your deal? I went camping. I, like, popped my tire, my car. I had, like, a crazy weekend. Oh, and what I want to say hi. I went to the Pie Pantry this morning, and the guy named Bruce on Greeley was uh, listening to us. So, hi, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. How are you? Hello, Bruce. Good morning. Um, what do you mean you popped your tire? I went to pick up my friend Kiki from the airport because my uh, friend Summer and Gil got married this weekend. We all went camping. It was the coolest thing ever. It was, uh, like, uh, right outside of Dallas in uh, Oregon. Right. It's, like, south. It's, like, a couple hours away. Um, it's at her parents' house, and it was just, like, this amazing place. Like, there were about 50 of us there camping. Uh, it's at her parents' house. They had a tree house that was, like, 100 feet up in the air that was connected with a, um, a suspension bridge. It was the scariest thing ever. Your friends live in Terabithia. <laughs> it was, it was like an adult like playground. There was like a little like putt uh, like uh, putt putt golf course thing, and there was like this yeah, this huge treehouse. So anyway, like my friend Kiki came in from California. I went to pick her up from the airport, and I was heading toward the arrivals or the departures, and I needed to pick her up toward the arrivals. Right. So I made like a last minute turn. See if you can hop over the concrete yeah, island. Yeah, and I totally rammed uh, my rim into the side of it and completely messed up my wheel. Yeah, so I have like no car right now. Oh, that blows. Yeah. I'm always the but guy was, doing that. Like my thing is if, I tr- if, I'm, if I'm about to miss my off ramp, if I'm on the highway and there's an exit coming up, and I'm going, is that the exit? Is it because I'm totally relying on my GPS? Is that the exit? Is it, oh, my God, it's the exit. And then I mm. bank over really quickly to the right. And I always just come within inches of hitting that barrier that separates the exit from the oh. actual highway. See, mine was, I, I missed the um, sidewalk, which was fine. But then I overcorrected 
as soon as I got over right and into then, the like, concrete. slammed into it and it just like that blows. so I had to drive home from the airport. <laughs> I didn't realize how dangerous it was because I'd smashed my um uh, the rim and it was poking into my tire. Oh, you'll get a blowout that way. No, and I I went down two oh five. You know, I picked up my friend from the airport and I'm just like flying. Your tire didn't blow out, did it? It didn't blow. Oh, out. that's. But I had to drive with my hands on the steering wheel <laughs> like this because your it was hands completely your tilted. hands were tilted nine inches to the left, no, trying to stay centered. It wasn't centered anymore, so it was completely uh, awesome on the side. Yeah, well, interesting it's weekend. quite a weekend. <laughs> All right. It's 503-228-4101. Oh, did I mention, in addition to everything that we ran down earlier, uh, Don Taylor from Movies.com, Josh Todd from uh, Buck Cherry, a major concert announcement coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt, mystery guest, also a copy of the Beatles' Rock Band game, and a pair of tickets to see Def Leppard and Poison. Those commercials are so cool. The Beatles' Rock Band commercials? Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. It looks like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not much for the Rock Band, uh, only because I suck at it. And every time I've tried to play, and I feel like I ought to be good at it, and I'm not, and so it just shames me, and I get schooled by whoever I'm playing against. But those are, it's a pretty happening thing. It really is. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 5.09. We'll have fog to begin this morning. High temperatures most of the day in the upper 70s. Two ladies attacked by an alleged sex fiend are likely to be alive following the ruckus at the secret rendezvous over the weekend. This is an establishment offering private lingerie modeling for so-called discriminating gentlemen. It's near Southeast 125th and Division. Cops have charged 32-year-old Joshua Gawish with a dozen sex crimes after he allegedly hit an employee a dozen times with a vase and sexually assaulted two others after choking them to the point of unconsciousness. The employees are also upset the owner was nowhere to be found and the video surveillance camera wasn't set up properly. One of the girls vows she's done with this type of work forever. Eugene police arresting an 18-year-old man, Dustin Harris, for allegedly stabbing another man in front of a library over the weekend. The victim has non-life-threatening injuries. It is time now for a penis watch. Here's your penis watch. Uh, what better way to kick off the work week for I Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. This is really weird because I realize now having, having heard this that I was dreaming the penis watch theme last night for some reason. I don't because know why. you missed the program. That's why, Tim. Having Scott. that extra day <laughs> off. Couldn't wait to get back here. Here's Tim Riley. A South Florida man has lost his penis after coming down with an infection following surgery to oh. treat his erectile dysfunction. Yes, I shouldn't laugh. Uh, South what, Tim? Where? A South Florida man. I didn't even have my thing turned on. Oh, I just, uh, I have I nothing. I did there. in yeah. your face. Now, 62-year-old Enrique Miller is suing his doctor for not informing him of the, of the risks involved with the procedure. Miller's attorney says his client was not told his advanced and uncontrolled diabetes put him at the risk of infection. He added his client would have skipped the surgery had he been aware of potential consequences. Dr. Paul Perito of Coral Gables performed the procedure in 2007, and Miller later contracted gangrene, forcing doctors to remove most of his penis. His wife is also... Why, why, why only most of it? Why leave you with any at that point? That's just cruel. Well, they did the best they could to save what they could. What is that? But I mean, doesn't it just seem like adding insult to injury if they leave like like an eighth of an inch? You well, know they, what I mean? They have to make an effort. I, I suppose. What's I the mean, insurance company going to say if you didn't... Uh, if, uh, they, if they don't if try they to save at least part of the part penis. Part of it, yes. Uh, we're going to leave you with a token penis. Please don't hate us. Uh, his wife is also... Uh, 
filing a lawsuit because she too is disappointed. She's now been uh, she's now been denied uh, his marital impulse, as they that say in, in yes. Tombstone. Mm-hmm. They had to remove most of his penis. most of it. Yes, is that so like things a... are getting better? They used to remove all of it. <laughs> So incrementally, yes. things have improved. So in a thousand years, they'll be able to treat this thing with just a pill. Yes, that's true. But I mean, when when you say most, I mean... I haven't seen it myself, so I, I can't answer the question. I'm just asking, yeah, because I'm asking most? medically, you understand, if that's yes. like a horizontal or if that's vertical. Or if it's just a... You know what I mean? Like, oh, is that, I see what you're asking. Is the, the pill still taking its effect? Probably not at this point. I guess what I'm saying is, are they... Um, you know, is that like when you're getting your is that like when you're getting your hair uh, taken in at the sides, or when you're getting your hair cut in length? Okay, I'm just wondering because if you're going to remove, uh, I, I understand the question. I, I don't have a <laughs> I don't have a firm answer for it, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> penis watch. Take a All look right. at my enormous penis, and my troubles start melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. Everything is going my way. Bow, bow, bow. Well, there you go. All right. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up uh, later on. We'll talk a bit about Sunday night's Mad Men episode. Don Taylor from Movies.com. Later on, Josh Todd from Buck Cherry and a major concert announcement coming up at 8 a.m. this morning. Be listening. Plus a copy of the Beatles' Rock Band at some point before the end of the show. It's the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland. Stay there. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only. On Rock 101, KUFO. From the director of Independence Day. I don't find her pilot. I belong in the air. Target remains. Repeat. Target remains. Get out of the way. Get out of the way now. <laughs> oh my God, I'm looking at a baby. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. Coming up at 6.20 today, we'll have... I'm sorry, coming up at 6.16. It's all very oddly specific. Coming up at 6.16 today, mystery guest. Uh, 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. 7.40, Josh Todd from Buckcherry. And at 8 o'clock, a uh, major concert announcement. Also, at some point today, uh, your chance at a pair of tickets to see Def Leppard and Poison at the Amphitheater at Clark County. Uh, that is this Friday. And a copy of the Beatles' Rock Band game. Um, and it qualifies you for the grand prize as well, which is the Rock Band Special Value Bundle, which includes all the Rock Band instruments, uh, which is microphone, guitar, drums, and the game itself. All together, it's awesome. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland. It's 524. We'll have fine to start the day. High temperatures in the upper 70s for the rest of it. Labor Day fund ruined in the waters of Nohalem Bay over the weekend as six people had to be rescued from the Brandy Deep. This, after their boat capsized and sank quickly, three had to be rescued. The rest made it to shore by themselves. Five ended up in the hospital with minor injuries. Only two were wearing life jackets. A 45-year-old Scapoose woman recovering after being shot in the face by her boyfriend over the holiday weekend. 51-year-old Mark Gardner was arrested and taken to jail. It's unknown what caused that spat. 
Reading, writing, arithmetic are the least of parents' worries as the kids return to school this week. Swine flu is lurking in the background. The Multnomah County Health District is sending out swine flu warning letters to parents in six languages, explaining 40 million doses of vaccine will be ready by October 15th. That's enough for everyone to get it five or six times. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Yes. I know that it poses a danger to children who are our greatest natural resource and whatever, but I, when you're Think talking about... Funny? <laughs> yes, I do, actually. That's, I mean, there's just no getting around it. It's hilarious. Here's why. Because when you're talking about the swine flu warning being set on six languages, I'm picturing like how they'll sometimes do warning signs, but they'll have like little stick figures acting out whatever the danger is. So I'm picturing, I'm picturing like a series, like a, maybe four panels of stick figure illustrations where there's a pig and then there's a pig crossed with a human and then the stick figure is sneezing. And then in the next one, the stick figure is just sort of, uh, you know, it's just kind of a vomiting out its insides kind of a thing. <laughs> the stick figure is maybe just hunched over the toilet, just hurling. I don't know why. And then, but but next to that, then is like Arabic writing and Chinese writing and German and you know whatever. So I'm just picturing that arriving in the mail. Here's Tim Riley. From Florida comes word: an alligator caught on Lake Seminole is being called a monster. A group of gator hunters from Sneeds to Chattahoochee. From Sneeds to Chattahoochee. Chattahoochee. That's correct. Sounds like a country sign, doesn't it? Oh, that's amazing. From Sneeds to Chattahoochee. Smoking the Bandit 4. Pulled in a 500-pound alligator measuring more than 12 feet long. Apparently, the gator stayed underwater for an hour and 45 minutes before the hunters got hold of it. The men held three permits from a state lottery that allows them to hunt for a maximum of Six alligators. That's the limit. So that's a way. So if you get a license to hunt alligators, you can hunt no more than six. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you have so many alligators in your state that a single hunting license will allow you to get six, which you always figure they err on the side of of caution. You know, like because they don't want you to overhunt whatever it is and and have it go and have it become endangered or something. So. That indicates that there's what we might charitably call a lot of alligators in Florida. Seems like that is God's way of saying find a better state to live in. Here's another Florida story. It doesn't pay to help Floridians in trouble. No. Good Samaritan found out after she was robbed last week in Jacksonville. She stopped to help what she thought was a stranded motorist when the unidentified woman stopped to help a van with hazard lights flashing. The van's occupant, a woman with a toddler on her hip, pulled a large knife and demanded the victim's purse and money. The woman said, I'm sorry, I need to feed my baby. Really? Did you see... Have you seen that thing that's going around? And it is real because I uh, I looked it up on Google News. Have you seen the worst mugshot in the history of everything? Oh, it's awesome! And of course, I'm, it is. I'm not sure that I. It's have. worse than the one-eyed prostitute. It is. It is so much worse than the one. Well, I mean, it's all relative. The one-eyed prostitute is bad because then you, whether you at least uh, if you I think if you're a guy, whether you want to or not, you picture yourself uh, in you know sexing her up. Uh, as Color Me Bad would say, well, just because she's a hooker. And so, you I mean, she's getting paid to, to do guys, improbably. I mean, that does give even the homeliest of girls hope, I would imagine. There's a one-eyed hooker, and guys are not only having sex with her, they're paying to do so. I mean, that's really, it's kind of, in a way, it's got it's to put a little bit of a, a silver lining on whatever your personal appearance cloud might be. That's just my take on it. But, um... You know, it's like when you see like a really, really like when you see an ugly, homely guy, you know, but he's got enough money that he's able to bang Anna Nicole Smith or something. And you kind of go, well, all right, then, you know, I mean, it's sort of it's a little bit of a carrot on the uh, on the stick for you. My point is, that's awful because then you picture her having relations with and then you wonder. And here's the other thing with the one eyed hooker who was on the cover of that busted magazine. By the way, uh, my wife and I went to Plaid Pantry last night. And she was all upset that they didn't have the new issue out or whatever. Because it's like a once a month. just came out a couple, like last week. Is it weekly or is it Monthly. Monthly. All right, so so maybe we just get maybe we haven't gone to the right plaid pantry. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to make a note about Plaid Pantry. I'm not going to get to it now. Uh, but the thing about the one-eyed hooker is, then you if you're me anyway, then you find yourself wondering, like, what, what kind of services did she offer? In other words, did she offer the full, you know, the, 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 the full package, as it were? Or is it just, uh, you know, is that a no-clothing removal necessary kind of service that well, she see, offered? Like showing up or slip? Exactly, Tim. <laughs> a lot of the 82nd hookers are just like, you know, pick up and... Why would you know this? No, because, you know, you can see them wandering around. Like, you see, like, guys driving around, and they'll pick them up and... It's our throwaway world. (laughs) That's right. And park, and then, you know, drop them off where they picked them up. But in other words, you know, so that's where it's... uh, They don't need to remove anything. So so, so you return them from where you got them, like, uh, a U-Haul trailer. I think it's... Exactly, Tim. I uh, Or some kind of trailer. I think, as Sidney Barrows once said, uh, she she was the Mayflower Madam, and she got thrown in jail with a bunch of, you know, the sort of streetwalkers. And she said, well, those spandex skirts must be difficult to put on and off, you know, uh, on the street. And they explained that there was no no removal of the skirt uh, needed for, you know, for the service that they typically provided. So that's the thing about the one-eyed hooker is that you picture, like, you know, what she must do, uh, you know, to, to earn however many dollars are going to be handed to her. And that's disconcerting. The thing about this mugshot, though, this mugshot from Florida, is that it's just, like, completely separate from the crime. I don't even know what the guy did now that I think about it. I mean, I guess it could be something... And this is a new one from this weekend? Sexual, but it seems highly unlikely. Well, I got it sent to me on Saturday, and uh, it had the guy's name. It had his what he was arrested for. I'll find it. I've got it, in my, uh, I've got it in my mailbox. It's so unbelievably bad. It's sort of like an uglier, less talented Shane McGowan got arrested. You know, that guy from the Pogues? So just roll that around your head for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. A lost world of fanged frogs and giant rats has been discovered in New Guinea. A team of scientists from Britain and the U.S. have found more than 40 previously unidentified species as they climbed into the deep crater Mount Mosabe and explored a pristine jungle, teeming with light that has evolved in isolation since the volcano erupted 200,000 years ago. Nobody's ever been here, and that's why... Nobody's ever seen these newly discovered 16 frogs that have never been recorded by science. What do you mean they're frogs with fangs? I mean, I guess I know what you mean, but is there any further description (laughs) given there? I've said fanged frogs. Well, let's see. There are 16 frogs never before recorded by science. At least three new fish, a brand new bat, and a giant rat. (sighs) The biggest the world has ever seen. Which of these do you find the most unnerving? Go, Sarah. Uh, I think the fanged... um Frogs. Well, because I saw, I watched this on the news last night, actually, and the rats are actually kind of cute. Rats, they look like the ones from uh, Princess Bride. Oh, the rats of un- rodents of unusual size. Mm-hmm. I uh, I kind of like rats. I don't know why. I, I do kinda, too. I like them a lot. I kind of have this thing for animals that are viewed by humans as being, uh, you know, kind of pests. Animals that are sort of unwanted by man. I I don't know. There's something there. I I think it's the same reason that I always prefer dogs from the pound, you know, or dogs from the, you know, from a, uh, you know, that have been you know, like rescue dogs or something, mm-hmm. as opposed to purebreds. I find something endearing about animals that must live on the fringes of existence. Uh, a frog with fangs just seems wrong, though. That seems like that's like some island of Doctor Moreau ass going on there. That's I'm not with that. The uh, big predators in this lost world include giant monitor lizards. The kangaroos are so afraid of them, they live in trees. Are you kidding me? No. These are stories that need to be told. Wait a minute. The kangaroos are so afraid of what? Of monitor lizards? Giant monitor lizards. How would a kangaroo get up in a tree? Don't tell me they hop. Don't tell me they jump into a tree. That's not (laughs) true. That's a lie. Well, in this case, it is true. Kangaroo. Too many layers here. 
It's a, a lost world that hasn't been seen in 200,000 years. You're going to be surprised, naturally. There's frog. Well, I guess it is paying off. There is, there's frogs with fangs. Mm-hmm. There are giant monitor lizards. There are monitor lizards so big that kangaroos live in trees, and the kangaroos get into the trees by leaping into them. Yes. That's pretty t- that's, that's like leap- That's like 10 feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems right. Can't monitor lizards climb trees? So you must, the, the kangaroo must be hopping way up there. That's actually kind of the more freaky part of the story Don't to me. Don't forget the giant rats mm-hmm. and fanged uh, frogs. All right. Is there, is there a picture of the frog with fangs? No, because they're going to wait and make some money off this. This will be like a National Geographic special. Oh, good for them. That's what I'd do. And get one of those holographic covers. They can't give this stuff away. No, that's true. All right. Uh, not even the one-eyed hooker gives it away. Even no. she gets paid for that. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley coming up at 6 o'clock. Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Um, Greg seems very awake this morning, by the way. Greg seems very awake and very polished in his manner and delivery. I expect nothing but brilliance at 6. 616, mystery guest and Josh Todd from Buckcherry. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 6 o'clock. Ball talk with Greg Nibbler. Uh, in fact, this email just says, uh, hey, Rick, uh, WTF about that Tila Tequila thing. So we'll get to that here in uh, just a short while. Greg we have Nibbler sound have. on that. Do we really? Yes, we do. Please tell me it's sound from Tila Tequila. Uh, no, it's a lawyer. Uh, all right. Boy, you know, she's just a gremlin-faced skank. There's just no getting you around. You her forever. <laughs> I have. Is that her real name? I'm not saying it's right to beat her. You're old in her school. gremlin face. <laughs> Your old school hate with I, I am. By the way, and I should give credit, I think gremlin-faced skank actually came from a website that I was looking at this weekend. It wasn't like gremlin-facedskank.com or anything. I don't think that's from her agent. Probably not. Um, it was, I don't know, it was on Dig or something. They were, they had the story about, uh, what is his name? Sean Harrington? Is that his name? Sean Merriman. Sean Merriman? Uh, I think Sean Harrington is a... Uh, I think Sean Harrington is somebody else. I think that's a, a DJ I once worked with. Anyway, um, but uh, it, of course, it's be, it's evolved into some sort of a he started it, she started it. You know, she was drunk. No, I wasn't. Your name is Tequila kind of a thing. So we'll have more about that at 6 o'clock with uh, Greg Nibbler coming up at 6.16. Mystery get Why 6.16 and not 6.20? That's the time that works for our guests. Really? So they're popular. They've got a lot of demands on their time. They only have a minute to spare. They have somebody else at... Six seventeen, or maybe perhaps you made it oddly specific to throw you off. Uh, It's a it's a bit of a it's a red herring kind of a thing. Things usually run late anyway. Don Taylor will join us at seven o'clock for movies dot com at seven forty. Josh Todd from Buckcherry at eight o'clock. A uh, major concert uh, announcement. Dax Holt from TMZ, and at some point today, tickets to Def Leppard, Poison, and a copy of the Beatles. Uh, rock band game, which is uh, fantastic. Anyway, you slice it. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 547. We'll have a foggy start this morning. Highs in the upper 70s for the rest of the day. Oregon State Police say Kevin Butcher led them on a high-speed chase that ended when he crashed into two cars on I-5 and had to be tased. He took off on I-5, awesome. running over tire spikes before the crash near Woodburn, was uncooperative, and, well, he left them with no choice but to zap him. Got what was coming to him. Mm-hmm. 
Some Portland schools will not be showing the president's online speech scheduled for 9 o'clock this morning. Naturally, it happens right when we get off the of air, course. as usual. Yeah. Many teachers claim they have too many things to do. There's too much teaching to do, mm-hmm. Tim. Others won't force the kids to watch it. You can watch it on C-SPAN or WhiteHouse.gov. Do we know what the actual like text of the speech is? It tells them to wash their hands and study it. Socialism! Uh, That's exactly what this is. Uh, because sometimes they'll release the text of this. They'll soften yeah, up the ground, it. as they I, say. I have it. But, I mean, it's nothing. I mean, we don't have to read it if it's not that interesting. It probably it isn't. It isn't interesting. It, because even if it was... <laughs> it's from Democrats. It's not interesting. <laughs> or effective. Yes. <laughs> or it manly in any a, way. It doesn't take a stand. <laughs> I would like to encourage all of you now to seek that middle ground. And please, no one. I would like to tell we'll, you young we'll people do, to prevaricate whenever possible. We'll do nothing but compromise and accomplish nothing. We'll try to make everyone happy. Even though we won, we'll back down to those we beat. The key to getting ahead in America is spinelessness. Always back down to losers every time. <laughs> Always have your agenda set by Bill O'Reilly. All right, uh, here's Tim Riley. Not that I'm trying to poke fun. No, of course not. Uh, so more cops are going to be lurking around the school, setting up speed traps. You can't go faster than 20 miles an hour or risk a double fine, and you can't pass school buses either. So don't even think... Well, where's the fun in that if I can't pass school buses? Mm-hmm. Hey, let me ask you this. You can pass city buses, though, right? Yes. Yes. I do, do you, all the time. Okay, but do They're you ever... blocking the way. But, every place I want to go. And don't you live in fear, though, that as you pass a bus, a guy's going to walk right out from in front of it? Yes. Even though they tell people don't cross, like, in front of the people bus? People don't listen. No, they don't. I always assume that it's just a matter of time until I'm passing a bus on the left, you know, a, a parked bus, bus that's pulled over, and then it is some it is jackass walk in front of my car and then they always slow down for bus stops where no people are waiting i know every time boy it, i've had enough is there is there anything more common than everybody shifting into the left lane as soon as you see that there's a bus in the right lane ahead because you just know otherwise it's just going to be stop and go for the rest of your life oh and then i saw those new max trains coming in from clackers yesterday because i was downtown uh dining out and there was nobody on it not one person wanted to come up from Clackamas to visit downtown yesterday, no. even though there was free parking. Was it like that train in War of the Worlds where it was just covered in fire and filled with blood? No, these are brand new sparkling trains Filthy with no people on them. handprints on the walls. Really? Sparkling clean? Yes. Well, if there was nobody from Clackamas actually on them, I guess they would remain clean. That's yes. what happened. All right. Here's t- there's too many things to do in Clackamas. Tim, why come here? A new survey shows summer is now over. A new Rasmussen poll, and people have paid big bucks to do this. Show 59% of Americans consider Labor Day the unofficial end of summer. Most also mark the holiday as a farewell to warm weather, with just over 28% say they actually celebrate the contributions of the American worker. Technically, there is still two weeks left of summer, say the survey takers, and fall officially begins September 22nd. As summer winds down, it's getting mixed reviews. Somebody actually got paid to do this re- and write this meaningless story, and I'm sitting here reading it. How is it that you can take a poll on whether summer is over? 40% say summer was good, excellent, or the best ever. Uh, 38% say it was just fair. It was the best ever? Only 25% say it was a lousy summer. How many people said it was- I loved my tropical summer. Okay. This is a great summer. So you're uh, within the majority. How mu- uh, so within the 40%? 40%, 40% best summer ever. Did they also send it like BFF, keep in touch? Yes. Good to see you. With Hope- a smiley icon. Hope you get into college. All I know, Tim, is that I've put my white shoes away until next year. Here's Tim Riley. A woman in Sudan has escaped the lashing for wearing trousers. Lubna Hussein was arrested at a party in July for her fashion choice. She was found guilty of indecency, a crime punishable with up to 40 lashes. However, she was told to pay $200 or face a month in jail. She's refusing to pay now, saying it'll call attention to Sudanese laws, which she says are too vague and subject to the whims of individual police officers. 
The lady says, I will not pay the money and I will go to prison. Her attorney says uh, she was taken to a woman's prison since taking her stand. A dozen other women were arrested at the same party for the same offense, wearing trousers. Uh, she says 10 of those women have already been flogged for wearing pants. Where is this at? Sudan? Sudan? Yeah. Right. They're not our partners in peace. Or are they? No. I lose track. No. All right. Uh, be listening, by the way, for the sound of Tim Riley reciting lyrics from one of your favorite Def Leppard songs. Uh, when you hear that, when you hear the sound of Tim Riley reciting Def Leppard lyrics, at that point, and not before, be caller 10 at 503-228-4101, and uh, you'll win yourself a pair of tickets to see Def Leppard and Poison. That is later on when you hear Tim Riley reciting Def Leppard lyrics. Uh, don't forget the concert is this Friday at the Amphitheater Clark County. Tickets still available at Ticketmaster.com. And uh, later on this morning, we'll tell you how you can win a copy of the Beatles Rock Band game. Uh, so that is coming up at some point later on in the show. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 6 o'clock, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler, 616 Mystery Guest, 7 o'clock Don Taylor, and Josh Todd from Buckcherry at 740. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Rick Emerson, Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 6.16, mystery guest. At 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. And later on, a major concert announcement that's coming up at... A major concert announcement is coming up at 8 o'clock uh, this morning. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it's time once again for Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. All right, it's ball talk time. So we've got a couple of things here to talk about today. Uh, number one, I want to do a quick college football roundup. So over the weekend, we uh, had the first, the opening season of college football. BYU upset Oklahoma, which is awesome. Oklahoma sucks. Ohio State almost lost to Navy, which would have been fantastic, but it also proves that Ohio State sucks, which is also great. And uh, Oregon State handily beat Portland State, which was uh, not unsurprising at all. And uh, LeGarrette Blunt, our famous guy from last week, has been suspended for the year from the University of Oregon football team. So he'll pretty much never play another a game of college football again. This was his senior year, so that's gone. But he is allowed to keep his scholarship, and uh, he's going to be allowed to practice with the team. So he's still going to end up signing a $10 million contract with some NFL team that will take him. So, as long so as he's, he's able a to, scholar. As long as he's yeah. able to learn, Greg. Yeah, that's right. As yes. long as he's able to explore the world of knowledge and books. Well, he is a major in political science, so I'm sure we'll Are be seeing him. Are you kidding me? Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, who does that, by the way, when it goes? In terms of the suspending or the, you know, because it's de facto the firing. Yeah, well, is that it was the actually, coach that makes that call? Yeah, actually, the coach made the call. The school made the call on this one because I think they tried to jump the gun before it became before it got out anymore. Before the NCAA had to step in, so yeah, the coach actually did the fire or the yeah suspending on this one. So I, uh, he may not be a gentleman, but he's still a scholar. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I did read some blurb where um where the coach, I guess it was, said that, and then we both cried. Yes, <laughs> which is, and you know what? And I, you know what I did when I read that? I actually kind of smiled and chuckled a little bit to myself, <laughs> and then I threw that paper in the trash. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they did. They both cried, and they also called Boise State and apologized to the coach and the other player that he punched. 
And all right, so the big news right now in sports is uh, Sean Merriman. Yes, Sean Merriman is the uh, outside linebacker for the San Diego Chargers. And for those of you that don't know about him, he's a star player. He was suspended for four games in 2006 for testing positive for steroids. He missed almost all of last season with a knee injury, and he's largely reviled in the NFL for being a cheap shot artist. He essentially ended the career of Priest Holmes by hitting him in the neck. Um, and he's famous for his lights out dance in which he mocks the other team after he sacks the quarterback and does this creepy convulsive dance thing. It's uh, really disturbing. Now you sent me that link. That's a little creepy. Yeah, it really is. And actually, he was uh, made fun of that after the Patriots eliminated the Chargers a couple of years ago. The Patriots all went out onto the field of the Chargers stadium and did his convulsive dance, uh, mocking him, which he didn't like too much. He sounds like a charming young sociopath he's, in training. Absolutely, yes. He's a wonderful, upstanding young man. Well, police were called to his home on Sunday night where he was arrested and accused of choking and restraining his girlfriend, Tila Tequila, as she tried to leave his home. Yes, Tila Tequila, the famous, uh, what is it, uh, Shot of Love? I believe yes. in Shot of Love, too, are her shows. Uh, she uh, signed a citizen's arrest warrant charging Merriman with battery and false imprisonment. And now Merriman is claiming that uh, he did not actually uh, choke and restrain her. And we've actually got a statement from his attorney here. During the evening, Ms. Tequila was extremely intoxicated and inebriated, and Mr. Merriman did everything he could to assist her in arranging for transportation to leave his home. At no time did Mr. Merriman assault her. At no time did Mr. Merriman keep her against her will. His intentions were nothing but good. This will all be bore out. We're very confident this matter will be resolved without any charges being filed whatsoever. He can do better. Ms. Tequila, if you're nasty. Ms. Tequila, yes, Tequila. Her real last name is Nyen, or however you say that. Nguyen. How do you say that? Nguyen. Nguyen, okay. And uh, she's been Twittering about the incident. Oh, my God. On her Twitter account, which I went and visited today. It's actually, it's hilarious. Uh, Here's a couple of them. I am allergic to alcohol. It has been publicly known for years. That is how I got the name Tila Tequila, because the irony, because it's spelled C-U-Z. Of course it is. I can't (laughs) drink. Uh, She also says, I put all of my love and faith in God. And then there's several, actually, God references on there. And finally, she says, I have a baggage with me loaded with interesting truths inside of it. (laughs) (laughs) Words from Tila Tequila. She's been matriculating with LeGarrette Blunt. That's right. So that is is our wrap-up for Ball Talk today. Well done. Straight ahead, mystery guest. And coming up at 8 o'clock, a major concert announcement. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show is live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone. As a rock star, you know, I was being a rock star in the music through Lump Biscuit and the rock star. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines on your Tuesday morning. Jerry Lewis gets angry when a sponsor's banner blocks his view of the tote board. Fantastic. He does raise $60 million, though, less than he had before. Michael Jackson, in a last but bond interview, said he had posters of Brooke Shields on his bedroom wall. Okay, I'm sorry. Just for some reason, I was picturing him twirling around in a petticoat singing uh, Bye Bye Birdie. We'll talk more about last night's Mad Men, uh, or last uh, Sunday night's Mad Men episode uh, later on in the program. But, but you know, it's just my, my one other th- thing about that is, 
is that wife of his, who is just so nice and charming, Salvatore's wife, who is mm-hmm. so unbelievably uh, adorable. They really have one of the most functional relationships on that show in a strange way. They do. More on that coming up. Plus, uh, Don Taylor, Josh uh, uh, Todd from Buckcherry will be joining us in a major content announcement coming up at 8 o'clock. All right. Now, uh, we are prepared for mystery guests. Mystery yes, guest is coming down the pike. So I will now leave the studio while Greg and Tim and Sarah reveal to you, the audience, who I will be interviewing in just a few moments. Their identity is unknown to me and shall remain so until I pick up the phone. So I'm <laughs> leaving the studio mm. now. Walking out. And- Goodbye. Okay, ball talk. All right. So our uh, mystery guest today is Derek Fisher. Yes, Derek Fisher, the point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, just picked up his fourth or fifth NBA championship. He's got a book coming out called Character Driven. We're going to be talking to him. He is a sports superstar. And he's, yeah, he's like like super famous. Isn't he? Super famous. Okay. Yes, he is possibly Hall of Fame famous. Okay, cool. All right. Excellent. It's all very exciting. You excited, Rick? I am indeed. I'm really not. It's not that I'm not excited. It's just that I don't know what kind of excited to be, so it just converts itself into a neutral sort of anticipation. Because, for one thing, like uh, maybe I'm speaking with uh, Robert Plant. Maybe I'm speaking with Whoopi Goldberg. There are two different types of excitement. And one of them isn't excitement at all, actually. One of them is just sort of a on, gloomy Whoopi, kind of dread. She has some cred from Star Trek The Next Generation. I, I suppose. Has she ever given an explanation uh, to so when... She doesn't have any eyebrows? Okay, that also... Wait, does she have kids? Does Whoopi Goldberg have children? Anyone? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I mean, but see, you're only saying that because you can't picture anybody having sex with her. That's why. I know exactly where that answer is coming from. I'm, but it seems to me that she that she has kids. Oh, or am I thinking of that Made of, in America movie with Will Smith and Ted Danson? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I am, Tim. Made in America? Well, Andy, I'm going to take my pants off. Uh, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. It is now 623. Fog for the drive-in this morning. High temperatures in the upper 70s most of the day. Somebody robbed the plaid pantry on Northwest 22nd and Gleason. Around quarter or two in the morning, cops responded to the crime. They were unable to catch the guy. There's legal trouble between the Reader Beach RV Park in Multnomah County. It could result in the eviction of some of the people who call that park home. The county says the RV park needs to obey the zoning laws. While the RV park says the county risks evicting elderly and disabled people from their homes. I have a question. When you say RV park, that sort of implies trailer park. But yeah. is it just trailers or is that double wides as well? I would imagine it's just RVs. It's just, so it is, it is only mobile uh, mobile right. homes, right. but not you, in the you sense can of live in them. Yeah, but not in the sense of a mobile home like you have to put in the back of a flatbed. This is homes with wheels, is what this is. Correct. All right, just checking. Neighbors in Beaverton expressing concern about gang-related graffiti. There have been shootings too in Beaverton, gang-related lately. It's really getting scary. The worst part is between Southwest Baseline Road and Windruff Terrace. It's constantly being tagged by gangs who leave racial slurs and profanity. The problem is expected to be brought home before Washington County officials are going to need more money to combat that. Uh, the president gets union workers fired up about health care at an AFL-CIO picnic over Labor Day. Every debate at some point comes to an end. At some point, it's time to decide. At some point, it's time to act. Ohio, it's time to act and get this thing done. I've got a question for all those folks. What's, what are you going to do? What's your answer? What's your solution? One at a time, please. We can't understand. You're all shouting at once. Quit answering the question. 
So that is uh, Barack Obama getting union workers fired up, as opposed to Ronald Reagan, who simply got union workers fired. fired. Meanwhile, uh, the big traffic jam today is going to be Washington, D.C., as Congress gets back in session. It's supposed to be the worst commute to D.C. in a long time since the AAA. You're not going to have leg room on the highways. You won't have elbow room. I can't open my mouth all the way when I talk. Just expect world-class gridlock. I swallowed a tube of glue this morning, and my larynx is sealed shut. I sound like Tom Brokaw. Intercom, the radio company that kills its listeners. Are they still in business? Jury selection begins today on the wrongful death trial of the California woman who died two and a half years ago for drinking too much water on a zany morning show. Intercom Communications and the general manager of the company's six-station Sacramento subsidiary were responsible for the death of 31-year-old Jennifer Strange. The mother of three was trying to win a wee for her family. The contest was called Hold Your Wee for a Wee. You're my favorite radio station. Well, it was put on by the uh, the morning rave. <laughs> You're evil. Which is no longer a radio program there. On a radio station called The End, owned by uh, Intercom Communications. Did you play something about cake? I'm not sure what that was about. I'm, so, I'm just to be a, I'm, being, I'm being kooky. It's, uh, it'll do much water. Wah, wah. Okay. That's humor. Still. Fine, whatever. You know, look, they humor. can't all be home runs, Tim. It, uh, it can't all be Noel Coward-esque wit over here, all right? So uh, Laura Bush is uh, breaking with the Republicans, saying that Barack Obama's speech will be good for the kids. I think that there is a place for the president of the United States to talk to school children and encourage school children. And I think there are a lot of people that should do the same, and that is encourage their own children to stay in school. Yes, Laura Bush says she's happy about the president doing something about education. The Obama administration has not backed off the accountability part of the No Child Left Behind Act that President Bush worked with Ted Kennedy to pass. And I think oh, that's really important. The name dropping of Ted Kennedy begins. Ted you, Kennedy. You know, Laura Bush, you should listen to her. She killed a guy, you know. That's what I heard. No, it's true. It's a, that is a matter of legal fact, Tim. Well, there are other good things coming out of Texas you may not know about. Deep fried butter <laughs> is among eight creative food items. At this year's Texas State Fair in Dallas. I don't really think that meets the textbook definition of creative, but I'll let it pass. Fair officials say the Labor Day cook-off is determining the winner of the Big Texas Choice Awards. Deep fried butter is being served by Abel Gonzalez, and it can be ordered in different flavors. Sweet cream, cherry, or garlic. Deep fried butter? Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really seem like deep fried butter. Like, there's not even, there's really not even two steps to that. There's just sort of a drop in the butter. I mean, that's one step. That's dropping butter in a frying thing. Well, other than, if you don't want the deep fried butter, you can also choose from something called green goblins, twisted yam on a stick, deep fried peaches and cream, fried pecan pie, country fried pork chops, sweet jalapeno corn dog shrimp, and fried peanut butter cup macaroons. I'd prefer some deep fried peaches and herbs. You have until October 18th to get yourself over to the Texas State Fair. You know, deep fried butter, that's just like taking lard and rolling it in crumbs, except it's not even that creative. All right. Are that we? Uh, kind of is, is this the mystery guest who's uh, being screened right now? Are we? Are we about ready? Yes. yes All right. Yes, yes, so I do not know the identity of this guest. I must do a plausible yeah. three-minute interview uh, with this person, whose identity will be revealed to me in just one moment. I can see Sarah Dillon. Okay. You know. Let's go. No, I, I, just, I was just helping r- him hold it. Wrapped okay. with anticipation. Let's go. I don't know who it is. You haven't given me the, the sheet. The don't, mis- you, uh, don't you? Don't you tell hate- me? Don't, no, we don't tell you who it is. Don't you? Oh, don't I get? Are we not back at the thing where I get like a uh, a hint or something about no. it? Oh, it's just the um, yeah. Right. No, but no. I get the name though. 
Yes. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I don't. Yeah, you haven't given me that. Sorry, I'm ridiculous. Yeah, I was. I was for a minute, I thought it was me that was making the mistake there. Yes, I. Uh, yes, I need the actual person's name. Otherwise, I'll, I've got nothing. There we go. All right. Derek Fisher. Do you recognize it? No. All right. All right. And so anyway, and then I said a truckload full of penguins. Well, if that's the case, then I don't know where my croquet mallet went to. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost time for the water drinking contest. That's right, Tim. All right. It is the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Let's welcome now to the uh, show the one and only Derek Fisher, uh, joining us now on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, hello, Derek Fisher. How are you on this fine Tuesday morning? I'm um, great, Rick. How are you doing this morning? I'm uh, doing fantastically, sir. If you had one message right now to give to the people of Earth, what would it be? The people of Earth to love each other as though this is our last day on Earth. And is there a particular life experience, you know, specifically that you feel has uh, has given you that point of view? My 10-month-old twin daughter, Tatum, uh, being stricken by eye cancer and, you know, the steps that we've taken since then to try and help stabilize her and, you know, have her turn the corner the way that she has has really put a premium on what can be accomplished in one single day. Uh, so before we go any further here, uh, you know, is there something you'd like, uh, someplace you'd like people to go for more information? Uh, do you have a, a website or someplace that people should check uh, to really learn more about uh, you and what you're talking about? So I have to ask you, just from a fan's perspective, what does it uh, what does it feel like the first time uh, you step onto that uh, that floor and you sort of think about you know everybody uh, you know who's been there, everybody who's worn the uniform? What is the uh, what's the word that sums that up for you? Uh, I, you know the the word that I most of the time come back to is is, is humbling. <laughs> I can't, you know, it's humbling. You know, in particular to wear uh, you know the, the the Lakers jersey or or and I'm. I can only imagine for other guys that wear NBA teams' jerseys, and when they think about the history of that team and the guys that have played for that team, you know, it's very important. You know, when we talk about the history of Bill Walton and Dr. Jack Ramsey and Terry Porter and Clyde Drexler, and, you know, the names go on and on. Buck Williams and guys that uh, you know stood for a lot. Uh, Bill Walton and um, you know, when when I think about the history of the Lakers and the guys. That, Uh, you know, as a young man, what was the moment where uh, what was the moment where you decided that, uh, that that this was something you wanted to pursue? Who was it that inspired you? Well, I think as a kid, I, I really you know I loved watching Magic Johnson play basketball, but 
you know, I really was into just being a kid, and, and I loved playing basketball, or football, baseball, soccer, whatever, you know, sport was going on at that time of the season. Um, and so I think it was just kind of that natural love of the game that kind of kept me growing towards basketball. Uh, and, you know, really the motivation to then try and really go for the NBA really didn't come for me until I was in, in college, to be honest. And uh, you know, my my final question here is: I, I know you're short on time. Uh, if there were to be a uh, if there were to be a song that played over the opening credits of the movie of your life, you know, they're making uh, the Derek Fisher story. The opening credits are rolling, and they're going to tell the story of you as a person, as a player, as an athlete, uh, you know, as a father. Uh, what what is the song that kind of sums up your approach to life? You know what? Uh, I'll tell you what. You can you can think on it. We'll check back with you. Uh, you know, like uh, in a few months or so. We'll uh, you know we'll see because it's a big. I mean, that's a toughie. That's a you know that's a hard question. So we talk, we talk during, the, during the season. Excellent. All right, my friend. The uh, book is character driven. Life lessons of basketball uh, by Derek Fisher, and of course uh, the website DerekFisher2.com. dot com. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Excellent. All right, my friend, and uh, congratulations on the uh, championship and uh, best of uh, continued success in life and all things, sir. Thank you, my friend. There you go. That's uh, Derek Fisher, veteran point guard of the L.A. Lakers. You bastards. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you sons of bitches. Oh, you so are going to take you to, to catch on to that one. Uh, well, he said... As uh, soon as he said court, I was an, like... Because Rick kept writing, like, child with cancer. Oh, well, the first like, thing out of his <laughs> mouth is like, and my kid has cancer of the eye. And I'm like, oh. And I'm looking at Sarah like, no, oh, did like, you screw me with another like, angry no, guest? No, no, no. Well, well, if you said court, I would have thought court and fat boy. Yeah, I'm not and, uh, that, uh, uh, trying to make light of the kid situation. I'm just saying that, like, that's a, that is a thing I did not expect to come out of that guy's mouth. No, uh-huh. because we would never schedule someone if they were I talking know. about, like, a dying child. Or not dying, but it's fine now. No, no, no. I understand that. But I'm just saying, I, this is, I was wondering if the guest was perhaps not properly vetted. Uh, I should have known better, so I, I well, apologize for... to think about it anyway. But I wrote down on, a big, on, a, on the sheet for Sarah, and I pulled it up. I'm like, eye cancer? What? <laughs> because I, I, I was just like, oh, God, I'm going to have to do three minutes about the cancer of the face. That's just going to be bad. No, lesson learned from that, that one unpleasant guest. Wow, good pull. That so, is why I was so excited about that one. Well, that man was really excited. Well done, Greg. How did that, <laughs> so if I can ask, how did that get put together? Uh, he well, he's doing that tour for the book, right? Okay, and so yeah, so it was through that that means sometimes and they it, fall into our laps, and he was hard to get a hold of to yeah. actually nail that down. That's why it was originally at six sixteen, and then they well, had to move it to got to be hugely demand. I oh yeah, imagine. he's I mean he is huge. Yeah, he's a superstar. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's I mean it's uh, you know it's uh, very cool. All right, excellent, fantastic. Are you happy about that one? I uh, I think that uh, for a guy who has no sports knowledge, I pulled that off. You did uh, with relative aplomb. Mm-hmm. I was. I would say mm, mild to moderate aplomb. <laughs> I mean, I, relative to the, to the to my absolute lack of sports knowledge, I would say it was not a failure. And you know what? Uh, right now we're grading pass fail. So <laughs> okay. that was not a fail. So to me, it's one in the win column, as uh, as my new friend Derek himself uh, might say. He sounded so confused. I felt bad for him. No, you know, at the end, though, I think I impressed him with the question about the song of the movie of your life, because he said, that's a deep question. They're all deep questions from Rick Emerson, sir. Well, it's Back a after rehearsal this. for Oprah. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Make love like a man. I'm a man. That's what I am. Eh. Come on, all you girls around the world. Looking for a guy who's a real go-getter? Every guy, grab a girl. Love her like a man. Make her feel a lot better. 
Tim Riley on Rock 101 KUFO. Continuing to surprise, amuse, and entertain as only we can. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Once again, let's hear it for me for how well I did with the uh, the NBA guy. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that support from your corner of the room. There's nobody else here. No one else in my corner of the room. Uh, it's uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at uh, 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Coming up at 740, Josh Todd from Buckcherry. And at 8 o'clock, a major concert announcement. Uh, plus, at some point for the end of the show, we'll give you a chance of winning the Beatles Rock Band. The Beatles Rock Band game. Uh, plus, you'll qualify for the grand prize, which is the Rock Band Special Value Pack, which includes all the Rock Band instruments, the microphone, guitar, the drums, uh, and the game itself. So be listening for that. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. From the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 647 now. Expect some fog from the drive-in this morning. Highs the rest of the day in the upper 70s. Well, things are just going to get worse for the people who live in Washington State. They may be heading for an early, difficult winter. Heavy rain, thunderstorms, and usually cool temperatures, even snow in the high cascades, hit the region toward the tail end of the long weekend. And it didn't stop there. A tornado damaged several homes and businesses in Enumclaw. Enumclaw, really? It's hard to say. I was, uh, am I saying the right thing? Enumclaw. Enumclaw. Of all the names in the world, why was this chosen? Well, I like to think that God is putting Enumclaw in the news more frequently these days because that is where Kenneth Pinion came from. Raise your hand, or I might say your hoof. Paw the ground once if you know who Kenneth Pinion is. Oh, isn't that the Ew. guy that had sex with an animal of some sort? I yes, Tim. That's the guy who had relations with a horse, and then, this is a medical fact, by the way, I'm, uh, this is not being said for prurient value, had relations with a horse and then died of a... Perforated colon. So uh, there you go. Took him to the emergency room. Well, they uh, had an F1 twister there. 110 mile an hour winds in Enumclaw. It's a bad place. I mean, it, I'm not suggesting that that's justification for going and having relations with some sort of barnyard animal. Like, But, but I mean... Well, I guess uh, the locals have that under their belts. Well, there's... So to speak. There's really... I mean, there's really only so much you can do in a town like that before you just have to start making your own fun. Well, in any event. Oh, by the way, speaking of an early snow and a grimy winter and whatever, I'd like to thank you, sons of bitches, for not warning me about The Road, uh, the Cormac McCarthy novel, which I'm reading now. And it's become a thing. It's now become a book that I pick up almost like it's that Book of the Dead from Army of Darkness where it's going to bite my hand. Mm -hmm. It's like, and and I have this ritual. I don't know if you all have this, but I have a ritual where I read a little bit before I go to bed every night. I do before I nap. A book before bedtime. That's what I do. It's it's because we're sophisticates in the Emerson household. So I'll finish up my nachos, and then I'll uh, go to bed, and I will have my bedside book, which right now is The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Fantastic book. Now, did they film that? They must have filmed it in the gorge, right? I mean, they couldn't have filmed it in Portland proper. Not without, no. I mean, I don't want to give a, uh, anything away about the they book. They could have filmed but it in St. John's. But it takes place in sort of a, sort of a vast wasteland. So, well, St. John's, sure. But, I mean, in other words, not like you could film it downtown, but they said they were filming it in Portland. I, I, I do believe that they actually filmed some scenes in St. John's. Well, to be fair, I'm only about a third of the way into the book mm-hmm. because I can now only take it in small sips. So what part happened like a, that made you think it was awful? It's not that it's awful. It's it, it's well, like, it, it's not going to be turned into a Broadway musical. Anymore. You know what it is? It, 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 here's, here's what it's like. It's like, um, it's like you've been tied to a pillar. 
and your hands are manacled behind your back, but you're not blindfolded. And a large, swarthy man covered in tattoos and uh, and uh, unusual piercings comes up and stands in front of you and says, Now, unless you tell me where you have hidden the money, I will cut off bits of your body piece by piece for the next hour. And then he takes out the most beautifully made, handcrafted, most spectacularly decorated knife you've ever seen in your life. And part of you thinks, God, what a great knife that is. That's really, look at the craftsmanship. Look at the care and expertise that went into making this. And then you realize that the knife is going to be used to cut you. That's what The Road by Cormac McCarthy is like. It's like this really astonishingly well-done thing whose only purpose is just to jab you in the soul over and over and over again. And then once it's done jabbing you in the soul, it kicks you in the heart. And then it knees you in the hope. Uh, and then it sort of, uh, and then it sort of rolls shambos into your humanity. Oh, in any event. oh, you don't even know what's coming. So I'm reading like ten pages or so a night. I just, I can't manage any more than that because it's just so un, unbearably bleak. See, I'm reading uh, Cormac McCarthy right now too, Ugh. and I'm almost done. I'm about that much into No Country for Old Men. Yeah, and that mo- this book is depressing. I've never seen the movie, but. The Holy movie's bleak. Crap. Tim only made it through like 10 minutes of No Country for Old Men. I don't even think I made it through 10 minutes. Was it like by the... Uh, I quickly gave it away to the first passerby. I just don't know how <laughs> like how I could actually watch this book in motion. The uh, It's so dark and I it just couldn't. makes you like... Yeah, it's creepy. I mean, there are really no spoilers to speak of, uh, you know, in the first no, few the minutes. No, the movie's been out for a long time. I mean, and Tim is and it's an well, Academy Award-winning film. I'm not running okay. the end, but, no, because Tim didn't make it to the end. Tim, Tim didn't make it past the opening credits. Tim made it to where the first guy got killed by the side of the road with that air pumping thing. Yeah, that, and that was, was it. That was too much for me. And then Tim says, I'm pulling the ripcord on this. And oh, that's left nothing. The, yeah, it's, <laughs> you don't know from pain. You don't know what pain is. Here's Tim Riley. Well, here's something that should uh, cheer you up. A long-forgotten interview with Michael Jackson. Expect this to be the first of many. Uh, Michael says in this interview that uh, he had posters of Brooke Shields on his bedroom wall. And his uh, siblings were very jealous of the multitude of his collection of these photos. Any posters in your bedroom as a kid? And of who? Yeah. Mm, Shields. <laughs> Everywhere. My sisters would get jealous and tear him off the wall. Who's he being interviewed by here? Some friend of his. I'm not sure who. Some hanger on. So Michael Jackson's body is already causing a market shift in the cemetery world. The price of the graves near his tomb are skyrocketing. Actually, they're not that bad for Forest Lawn. The plots surrounding Jackson have already gone up $2,300 each since he uh, moved into the neighborhood. The, uh, the the cemetery was selling pre-Jackson units in the mausoleum, mausoleum for $7,000 a pop, which isn't bad. That's not bad at all. That's way less than I would expect. More, more uh, Much less than I would expect. And now they're $9,900. Didn't we, didn't we the one next to Marilyn Monroe going for like $4 million or something? Uh-huh. But that's but that's directly adjacent to her, right? That was the one right above her. Right. Because I think Hefner has the one... I think she is flanked. This is the sort of thing that I like, is that she will spend the afterlife with Joe DiMaggio on one side, because I think he owns uh, the mausoleum, the, the whatever you call it, the, the crypt or the slot or the drawer, whatever it is, right next to her, like on the left. Yes. And on the right is Hugh Hefner. So the one above her is the one they were pitching for $4 million. So the idea that the, the regular one is only 7000 is actually, I mean, that's sort of surprising that it's that low. And if you don't want to buy a, a grade next to Michael Jackson, how about an Adolf Hitler painting? Three rare vehicles designed for Adolf Hitler's Third Reich have been sold at an Indiana auction house for $1.9 million. So these aren't the paintings that they sold the other day. These are vehicles. This auction was held at the World War II era Mercedes Museum. 
The auction house says the vehicles were sold to a buyer in Saudi Arabia. That's, uh, Imagine that. What a surprise that is. What with their uh, degree of tolerance and all. Mm-hmm. Only about uh, 40 of these Adolf Hitler vehicles were built for him way back when. That reminds me, I got an email last uh, Thursday, I think it was. We were talking about Greg and his uh, aborted attempt to star once again on Leverage. Um, and somebody said, uh, I think we were talking about Inglorious Bastards, and somebody said, I know Tim has done a lot of acting. Please tell me, would Tim play the role of Hitler if it were offered to him? Yes. <laughs> I think really like, what, this. wasn't even Not out of my mouth. Pause. <laughs> Excellent. Have you said on file with your agent? We'll play Hitler. Sure. All right. Hey, done and done. Because I sometimes wonder if playing Hitler is sort of the will not do windows uh, of the acting world. All right. Well, make a note of it. Oh, Greg, by the way, has trended. He will also play Hitler. Hitler. All right. Straight ahead. Don Taylor from Movies.com and a concert announcement at 8. Stay there. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. Indeed, it's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It is 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. In mere moments, we'll uh, find out what stories Tim Riley is following on this Tuesday. Don Taylor from Movies.com will tell us what she's got coming up in her segment. Don't forget, later on this hour, we'll talk to Josh Todd from Buckcherry. That is coming up at 740 at 8 o'clock, a major concert announcement, uh, and Dax Holt. From TMZ, and at some point uh, before the end of today's show, you, yes, you, will have a chance to win the Beatles Rock Band game, uh, which is coming out 999, which is tomorrow. That is 9909 tomorrow, Wednesday, September 9th. Plus, you qualify for the grand prize, the Rock Band Special Value Bundle, which includes all the Rock Band instruments. That's the microphone, the guitar, the drums, and the game itself. So at some point before the end of the hour, you will be asked to identify this Beatles song. I watched that movie over the weekend on VH1 Classic. Damn you, Tim Riley. Why do you have to give out hints? It was a movie about the Beatles. All right. Well, there you go. One of several. Starring Wendy Jo Sperber, by the way. There you go. Now that I've just... uh, Was that a spoiler? Brought the hint into stark relief. So at some point, you will be asked to... I blurted out something wrong again, didn't I? (laughs) The robot did it. Oh, no. Don Taylor from uh, Movies.com. Hello. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. I knew knew it just from the song. I didn't need Tim's very obvious hint. Really? Where they're standing outside the the room looking up? The Beatles have made several movies. Can I tell you that they showed me that film that you're referring to? They showed that to me in high school for some reason reasons that now pass understanding i don't know why they would have done that i remember being in 10th grade sitting in some damn class somewhere uh, and the teacher whose name was i shouldn't give her uh, i'll just say her first name was uh her first name was gail and i thought she was really hot kind of an ironing board but uh, hot nonetheless and she showed us this this beatles film for reasons that I don't think were ever adequately explained. It was like she just had... Do you ever look back and realize how much time your teachers had to kill? A lot of days they were just hung over and completely phoning it in. That was clearly one of those days. All right. Well, in any event. I, uh, I, I, when I was a uh, youth, when I was a, a teenager, the Fox Fitness Theater in Los Angeles, they had a Beatles marathon. 
that started at midnight and they showed all the Beatles movies in a row. And I got my mother, I somehow wangled my mother's permission to go to this with my friends. And of course, sat there for hours watching Beatles movies in this theater full of dirty, dirty hippies. And of course, this was back in the days when in Los Angeles, you could sit in a movie theater and half the people there were smoking pot. Of course. And I came home and that was my first experience of of like doing an all nighter and coming home and then trying to sleep. And like, I couldn't sleep because I just kept hearing Beatles songs in my head for hours. Also explained to my mother, yes, mom, I reek of pot because everyone around me was smoking. Young lady, you stink of reefer. I know. There there were hippies everywhere. Boy, I, I couldn't it, get away it, from it. At least you weren't beaten with an umbrella at a theater like I was. Why were you beaten with an umbrella? Uh, there was some madman sitting in the theater behind me during Fatal Attraction and whacked me over the head with an umbrella at, at the Chinese theater. But so I mean, naturally, it, I mean, by the time you snapped your finger, security was there dragging him away. Of had, all the people in the theater, why was I beaten with an umbrella during Fatal Attraction? <laughs> You should take solace in the fact that you are the only person on earth who will be uttering that particular combination of words in that order today. I was shocked. Why was I beaten on the head with an umbrella during Fatal Attraction? The Tim Riley story. And this is a reason why we should always write our own obituaries ahead mm-hmm. of time, for because you, you need to include that. And and, and, he, and Mr. Riley was once beaten with an umbrella at Excellent. the Chinese Theater during Fatal Attraction. Uh, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Uh, about what will we be discussing? We will be discussing a terrific... Uh, J.J. Abrams TV show that comes to DVD, and an underappreciated gem from the oeuvre of Sylvester Stallone. Well done. Excellent tease, Don Taylor. Very quickly before we uh, take a break. It's time for another installment of It's the Worst Story in the History of the World. This comes to us from CNN. The, quote, disgusting blob in Fred DeNegri's Diet Pepsi can was probably a frog or a toad, said the Food and Drug Administration. DeNegri was grilling in his backyard tiki bar in Ormond Beach, Florida, when he popped open a can of soda, took a big gulp, and started gagging, said his wife Amy. He emptied out the can into a sink, but something heavy remained inside. He shook the can until something resembling, quote, pink linguine, end quote, slid out, followed by what he called a lot of dark stuff. But the heavy object inside the soda can never came out, she said. It was disgusting, said Amy DeNegri, age 54. And now what started out as a normal afternoon in our tiki bar has blown up into this crazy thing. The FDA showed up to examine the, quote, pink linguine and dark stuff. The couple received a copy of the completed report last week from the FDA, which concluded the foreign matter appeared to be a frog or toad. The creature was lacking internal organs normally found in the abdominal and thoracic cavities, the report notes. This is, to say the least, somewhat odd. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's the worst story in the history of the world. This is the Rick Emerson Show. More from Don Taylor straight ahead in your shot at the Beatles. Rock band. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Now broadcasting everywhere at all times to everyone. As a rock star, you know, I was being a rock star in the music through Limp Bizkit. The rock star... The Rick Emerson Show returns. That's right. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. That's a true story, by the way, about Jimmy Page. So Jimmy Page, uh, back in the day, as the young people say, used to have himself put on a serving tray 
This is when you realize how great and stupid Rocky is. I mean, all at once. What, like a pig with an apple in its mouth or something? Exactly like a pig with an apple in its mouth, only uh, <laughs> only it wasn't an apple and it wasn't his mouth. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any no, sense. No, it doesn't. But I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, there's this book by Stephen Davis called Hammer of the Gods, which the band has sort of flatly denied most of the things in the book, which is what indicates to me that they're probably true. Um, and Jimmy Page, according to road manager Richard Cole, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin used to be have himself put on a big serving tray, like the kind you would have like a service for twelve on or something, uh, and he would then have him he would have himself wheeled into a room full of girls, and uh, as the book puts it, he fancied these girls quote on the youngish side end so quote. Is, would he do this when they were on tour? No, just at his house, you well, know, just thinking, he's sitting there casting spells in Aleister Crowley's robes. If they did it on tour, then that meant that they had to actually bring the giant serving tray with them. <laughs> in his rider. And it would have to be, like, like loaded onto the van and loaded <laughs> off. The, and then somebody would have to tell one of the other roadies, oh, get the giant serving platter. I wonder if there was a sort of code for that, you know, like, Aunt Matilda needs to join the room now. And there'd be, like, the special serving platter roadie who would, like, handle it and polish it up. <laughs> Hotel must, repeat, must stock one Jimmy Page-sized <laughs> sterling silver dish. All right, we're here with uh, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Hello, Don Taylor. Hello. All right, what is uh, coming up in the world of DVD releases? I say knowing full well that this will end with a discussion of a fantastic Sylvester Stallone film. Well, quickly, just to get this out of the way, because I find it exciting. Uh, the first season of Fringe is on DVD today, and if you are planning to maybe dip into the second season of Fringe, which will be beginning sometime soon, uh, you might want to catch up on the first season because it's, uh, it's goofy and, and it gets kind of complicated towards the end. And I know everybody says this, but this is kind of, it's kind of like an X-Files thing, right? Because I never saw it. Yeah, it's J.J. Abrams does the X-Files. So um, I got so into Fringe, it actually got me back what, to watch Alias, which I had never seen when it was first on. I was like, oh, it's about spies. And I was really surprised to find that on Alias, just like on Lost and on Fringe, there's a whole lot of this really complicated, right. weird... Uh, artifacts and strangeness and conspiracies and stuff. Fringe is much the same way. It's There's kind of a monster of the week thing. It's an FBI agent teams up with a uh, a guy uh, played by Pacey from uh, Dawson's Creek. Well done. And uh, He's so dreamy. <laughs> and his crazy dad, who used to do fringe science, he's a scientist, a brilliant scientist, but has been in a mental institution for years. And they, they break him out. He's uh, played by John Noble, who played Denethor. In Lord of the Rings. By the way, it, Fringe is sort of then reminds me that I've still never seen that Warehouse 13 show on Sci-Fi. Yeah. Which I think has been renewed for a second season. And I was, I remember going to see those Battlestar screenings, uh, you know, the Court and Fat Boy would have. And I, they would show the Warehouse 13 coming this fall. And then it launched. And I made a note to watch it. And then it, the note was like on a sticky note. Then just sort of vanished. And I never, ever. And so the whole season went by and I'd never seen it. Uh, and Fringe is the same way. So I got to catch up on that at some Fr- point. Fringe is actually really terrific. If you like Lost, and who doesn't like Lost? It's a lot of the same thing, a lot of crazy, weird science stuff. But there's also an ongoing story in which all of this is part of a larger pattern that has something to do with a. Uh, big uh, corporation called Massive Dynamics, which is run by Blair Brown. Lance Reddick is in it, who we know awesome. from Lost and The Wire. So, And I will say this, by the way, the thing about J.J. Abrams, and maybe Lost is the exception of this, because it seems to be getting better and more complex with every season, but the hallmark of a J.J. Abrams show is that it's good for two years, and then it just blows after that. Every year after season two just sucks like more and harder than the season before. J.J. Abrams shows? J.J. Abrams. Lost is just getting better. But see, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Lost is the exception, because I think because most of his energy is focused on that, but every J.J. Abrams show starts off real strong. Alias, I'm looking at you. Also, you, Felicity. 
they come out of the gate and then they go yeah. and they fall apart after season two. Well, also, uh, we have several uh, fine movies coming out on Blu-ray today because, you know, you want to see your movies in that that of super course. high def. And we have the uh, your one of your favorite uh, films, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, thanks. Great. Uh, because if you're going to be like really depressed and want to kill yourself, you know, want to see it in this high definition. I'm going to be on television. I will never see that movie again, ever. <laughs> yeah. I watched it once and like gave it to my friend. Like, Mom, does this stuff pick you up? Give you lots of pep? When I went to uh, <laughs> when I went to Coney Island, you know, in Coney Island and Brighton Beach, you know, it's all sort of interwoven there. And Sarah had told me beforehand because I've been to New York a lot of times, and I but I'd never been to Coney Island. And Sarah warned me. She's like, you know, just beware. When you go to Coney Island, it, you know, like, it looks exactly the way it's depicted. And it looks in exactly Requiem how for a the dream. movie feels. It, I mean, it, just, yeah, it feels exactly the way. Oh, just, <laughs> just walking th- through Coney Island, and just in the back of my head, I'm just hearing that Philip Glass, a dana, 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 sun-bleached wood and like the breaking down um, like carnival rides. And, and I walked see, by like, an apartment building and there the were... the apartment complex is all like, sh- like disheveled in the background. And there were these four women who were all like named Agnes or Gladys probably sitting out and they're sunning themselves with those big silver like car visor <laughs> things. And they're talking like, I don't know, maybe we should go have some locks when we're done. And I was just like, oh, God. And they, they were all Sarah Goldfarb from Requiem for a Dream. Uh, and I went out onto the pier uh, there. And it's, I think it's one of the piers in the movie where he then pictures himself falling into the abyss. And if you haven't seen Requiem for a Dream, Requiem for a Dream, here's what I'll compare it to. I will say that it's it's not unlike the road in that it's being it's having part of your body that you really like cut off. By something that's really beautiful and shiny, but extra sharp. So you're sort of admiring the craftsmanship of it as you're like screaming in pain. See, that's the road requiem is for dark, a dream. But it like... is no requiem for a dream. Yeah, that is a... just the most. It's a big punch in the junk, is what it is. But it is another one of those movies where you just go, "Wow, that was a really great movie," and I am never ever going to watch that again as it long was... as I live. It's one of those movies where you can't believe that you can have such a big reaction to it. It's just like, well, it's just a movie. Nothing can ever affect me that much. And then you watch it, and you just want to die at the end. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> but on a, on a cheerier note, uh, on on a Blu-ray today, so that you can see it in all its high def glory, the uh, the finest arm wrestling movie ever made. Yeah, over the top. That's what I'm talking about. Starring uh, Sylvester Stallone and Robert Loggia. And that came Robert Loggia, who is awesome, by the way. If you haven't seen Robert Loggia, uh, here's a little hint. You have seen him. You just don't know him by name, probably. He was, uh, Robert Loggia was the private detective in Jagged Edge with Glenn Close and Jeff Bridges. He was that guy that he goes, ah, Teddy, F him. He was trash. <laughs> he is also, in season five of The Sopranos, the old guy that gets out of prison, comes back home, and immediately begins annoying Tony Soprano with stories of how it was back in the day. And so Tony arranges to have the guy sent back to prison at the end. He was also the lawyer for the Chicago 8 in the movie Conspiracy with Martin Sheen. Um, and he's just great. He's just one of those guys that is just... And, by the way, let's not forget he was in Armed and Dangerous with John Candy and Eugene Levy, where he said, You come to another union meeting, I'm going to have your legs broken. Uh, he's awesome in he's everything great, he does. He's one of the great character actors of all time. Fantastic. He's brilliant. He's a guy that I wish, if I could uh, pick a, a movie actor to be my grandfather, it would be Robert Loggia. If I could pick uh, the, the guy to uh, to step off the screen, sort of Purple Rose of Cairo style, and become my grandfather, it would be him. But uh, let's not forget that this is Sylvester Stallone, it's Robert Loggia, it's arm wrestling, and there is a song on the soundtrack by... And the band has escaped me now, but I do believe the soundtrack actually just has a song called Over the Top, yes. which is about yes. arm wrestling. And the whole thing is just a big, big package of good and bad. 
Yeah, it's it's it. What it, it was nineteen eighty seven, and I think it was one of those periods of time where they were pitching movies and going, "We're running out of sports." What? Oh no! What we need is a giant arm wrestling competition <laughs> in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, because that happens, of course. Yeah, and uh, Stallone goes, and the girl uh, is Susan Blakely. So you know it's nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. Ex model, uh, big haired uh, actress Susan Blakely. But it is one of those. Uh, it's sort of you know like everything became diehard in a blank. And everything in this era was, it was all sort of like, um, it was all sort of like Top Gun in a blank or Days of Thunder in a blank. And well, this is still the Rocky, the Rocky effect that Rocky started this love for these, you know, underdog, you know, sports movies. And so it was like, we got to get Stallone in another Rocky movie, but he can't box. What do we got? Arm wrestling. What if he just uses one hand? <laughs> awesome. Oh, by the way, somebody's noting that Robert Logie is in uh, Scarface. What was he in Scarface? Greg, when's the last time he saw Scarface? Uh, he was. He's the original drug dealer that uh, that Al Pacino learns from. Really? I gotta yeah. go back and see that again, if only for cultural uh, literacy. I just. I know, all I really know about Scarface is the whole like say hello to my little friend and the, the and, and the, he bleeds uh, all over his cocaine, which just seems a shame. And the uh, push it to the limit, <laughs> walk along the razor's edge. Don't. Are you, you singing Team America? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. See, that's not. See, that's not Team America. It was used in South Park, I think, but it actually is from Scarface. That's what's funny about that is that song is from the movie Scarface in a totally non-ironic way. But in the new movie Shorts, the Robert Rodriguez movie, they have this. The, one of those kid is attacking another kid with a super soaker, and mm-hmm. he says, "Say hello to my little friend." And I'm thinking. Do kids even get Scarface references? Yes, they do. Kids love Scarface. Walk through Lloyd Center sometime. <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, take somebody bigger and stronger with you Hi. when you do it. Don Taylor from Movies.com, ladies and gents. Coming up at 740, we'll talk to Josh Todd from Buckcherry. Sometime before the end of the hour, two, you're shot at a copy of the Beatles Rock Band. And at 8 o'clock, a major concert announcement. Don't forget, tomorrow, Jerry Ryan of uh, Voyager and Leverage fame. Stay there. It's The Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101, KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101, KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Coming up here in just a bit, we'll talk to Josh Todd from Buck Cherry. And at 8 o'clock this morning, we have a major concert announcement coming your way. So you want to be listening for that. It's 503-228-4101. And very quickly here, I'm going to play this for you. At some point today, at some point today, you're going to be asked to identify this Beatles song. You're going to identify that Beatles song at some point today. If you do that when you are caller 10, not now. At uh, our urging, if you are Carla 10 and you can identify that Beatles song, you're going to win a copy of the Beatles' Rock Band, a journey through the legacy and evolution of their legendary career while playing along with 45 classic Beatles songs. And it'll also qualify you for the grand prize, the Rock Band Special Value Pack, which includes all the Rock Band instruments. That's the mic, the guitar, the drums, uh, and the game itself. So uh, be listening for that. Tim Riley is working on the following stories on your Tuesday morning. Joe Kennedy II will not run for his late uncle's Senate seat. ESPN celebrates its 30th anniversary, and nothing can make the Labor Day weekend better than Jerry Lewis snapping on the air at people. That's fantastic. Is this is this the, the clip where 
there's I guess it's the uh, it's the it's the MDA it's the tally or mm-hmm. you know the total or something and it's being yeah. blocked by a sponsor sign mm-hmm. and he snaps something about I can't see the sign excellent it's good to know that even at the age of five thousand and twenty that uh, Jerry Lewis is able to uh, he's able to put a smile on our faces and warm our hearts he's the gift that keeps on giving he really is all right it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one one. All right, we want to welcome out of the uh, Rick Emerson Show from the band Buck Cherry. Uh, the new CD, Black Butterfly, the enhanced edition, is in stores on uh, September 8th, which is today, ladies and gentlemen. And Buck Cherry Live and Loud is in stores September 20th. They're on tour with Kiss starting September 25th. From Buck Cherry, the one and only Josh Todd. Hello, sir. How are you on this Tuesday morning? What's up? I'm great, man. Just uh, getting up here and enjoying the day. Where is uh, where is he? Is here in your plush rock star mansion? <laughs> I wish it was a mansion. Uh, no, I'm at my home in uh, Los Angeles, just uh, resting up because I leave for the road here in about nine days, and uh, and that's it. You know, just looking forward to this tour with Kiss and and on um, some of these headlining shows that we're doing prior to that. And we got a lot of stuff going on. You know, the enhanced edition of Black Butterfly, as you were saying, and and our new live record that we have never we never put out a live record, so it's going to be uh, cool for everybody to get that. It's got 15 songs, and it's. It's uh, it really came out well. When you guys are on the road with Kiss, I mean, that's got to be. What is it like to pick up the phone and get that call where the guy says, "Yes, you're touring with Kiss. Prepare yourselves." I mean, you know, we were really excited. We we were fortunate enough to we got to tour a whole month with them in Europe on our first record when we were a baby band. So we got to meet them a long time ago, and and they're celebrating 35 years, and we're celebrating a decade in what we're doing, and. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a much powerful rock and roll show than it was back then because, you know, we got a lot more experience now, and, and they're the kings, you know. So You guys have you, you've toured and, replay, uh, and played and recorded with just so many artists. Buck Cherry, is, you guys have shared the stage and the studio with just a ton of people. What was the first moment uh, where it just blew your mind, where you said, wow, I'm really standing right next to so-and-so? Um, well, probably we did like, well, I had one of those experiences when we were with Kiss on the first run. I was walking down like an empty hall, like early in the day, day of show in the arena. And I was just kind of, every time I'd walk by a room, I'd look, I'd look into the room, just curious to see like what was going on. I don't know. I was just looking around and I walked by this one room and it was Gene and Paul were just sitting there in this room, like this empty room. And I looked right at them, and they looked at me, and I was like, oh, my God. And I just kept walking because I didn't, I didn't want to bother them. And, uh, and they, they, they immediately walked out of the room and started walking towards me, um, going, hey, don't you walk away from me, Gene was saying. And I'm like, oh, no, what did I do? I'm yeah. offended the God of Thunder. Yeah, and uh, they turned me around, and they're like, hi, I'm Gene, and I'm Paul, and and we're from, you know, we just wanted to say hello. And I was like, I know who you guys are, man. And they're like, we really like your record, and we're glad you guys are out here. I was like, wow, wow. It was, it was really amazing. You know, I've had many of those experiences. And then, you know, we did some shows with ACDC, which are our heroes, you know, and and we got to hang out with the whole band backstage after one of the shows, and they were just so humble and sweet and cool to us, and. It was like the best rock and roll experience ever. We're talking to Josh Todd from from Buck Cherry. You mentioned ACDC, and people uh, with you guys will point to you know Aerosmith or, or Guns N' Roses or you know, obviously ACDC or Kiss. Uh, who are some of the influences on your band that we you know, people might not guess? Who goes into the Buck Cherry sound that maybe isn't quite so obvious? 
I mean, you know, I've been influenced by a lot of, you know, I have a really um, kind of weird background. I, you know, my, my foundation is punk rock, bands like, uh, you know, I grew up in Orange County, California, so um, I listen to bands like D.I., Minor Threat, Subhuman, Black Flag, and, and then I'd sneak into my sister's room and listen to her Prince and Billy Idol records, and, and so, you know, Prince was a huge influence of mine, and Stevie Wonder, and stuff like that, you know, and we all love the Stones and the Beatles and, you know, um, so, you know, I'm really into Neil Diamond as well, so that's probably something people wouldn't... What is your favorite Neil Diamond song, Josh Todd, from Buck Cherry? Uh, Forever in Blue Jeans. Fantastic. Probably. Good answer. Yeah. I have to just say, just from a fan's perspective, I remember hearing Buck Cherry for the first time, and I heard uh, Lit Up, and then I heard, and then when uh, when Raiden came out, and and, uh, and the title track to Time Bomb. And the thing that is so clear about Buck Cherry, and I'm not just saying this, I, would, I don't say this to just everybody, is it was so obvious that you guys, in the best way possible, just did not give a rip. I mean, you were sort of, you're doing what you do and you're making the kind of music you want to make. And it was just so unrepentantly, uh, unapologetically sleazy. And I mean that in the best sense of the word. Uh, and it did conjure up all the best elements of that great sort of grimy sunset strip vibe is that is that where the band's heart is uh, sort of musically it does seem to come from from that place of the real uh street level um grittiness you know what i think what you're talking about is you know the honesty of buck cherry you know and that's really uh we we just were honest with what we wanted to do and what we wanted to say you know and and that's what came out. I mean, we really didn't think about it that hard. We didn't want to just be like, you know, uh, this gritty, sleazy rock band or anything. We didn't set out to be those guys. We just wanted to be honest about what was going on inside of us, you know. And, and that's what came out, you know. Everybody was laughing at us when we first started playing in clubs. Um, and we didn't care. We just wanted to be happy with what we were doing, you know. And we felt like the rest would just work at it's you know itself out you know and and it did and we just concentrated on writing great songs you know and and that's that's really been the philosophy throughout the 10 years we've been out here doing it one of the uh, i should say one of the uh, the things about uh, buck cherry is that that you have a voice that can just i mean it really could just peel the paint off a wall did you always have that or was that was that something that really had to evolve was that something that uh, you know is that something that you really had to work to develop uh, I really had to work on it, man. I, I didn't have, like, natural ability. Um, like, when I first started singing, I just picked up a microphone and, and plugged it into a guitar amp at my friend's house. And we were just, you know, we were in a little punk rock band, and I just started screaming. It was really the aspect of writing lyrics that got me into wanting to become a better singer because I really enjoy writing. And I, right. I write all the lyrics and the melodies, and I've been doing it for, you know, years and years. And... And uh, so that aspect is what got me into wanting to develop my voice. And then I just worked on it. I, I taught myself for a lot of years, and then I finally, you know, got some more help. I got, you know, some great vocal coaches over the years, and that has really made my voice unique, you know. And 
And I think that's what people like about it. It's something that they don't hear every day. And it's an acquired taste. I think either you love it or you hate it. You know? We're talking to Josh Todd from Buck Cherry. Uh, the new record, Black Butterfly, the enhanced edition, is in stores today. Live and Loud is in stores the 20th of September. They're on tour with Kiss uh, starting the 25th of September. Uh, final question here. I have to I have to ask this. And I, whenever we have somebody in the show who makes music, I always want to know, what was uh, the song or the band or the record that really started it for you? What was the first time you heard something playing and you went, that is a good job. That's what I want to do for a living. I mean, I was always into records, and I had a lot of a lot of records, a huge collection. I had a huge collection of uh, independent records before I even heard a major label record, a major label band, uh, you know, recording a record. So, but the record that really changed my life was probably Back in Black, you know. And just you put it on, and you said, "That's that is it. That's that's the life for me." That was the turning point. Um, I just wanted to be in a band that was that massive sounding and and had that much balls, you know. So that was it. That was my. I was on a. I was on a mission at that point. All right, excellent, Mike. My, my friend, uh, best of continued success in all things you do, life, music, and all walks of your life, sir. So uh, thank you for spending some time with us. Thanks, man. All right, there See you go, the Josh Todd from Buck Cherry, right there. All right, excellent. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO, 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Tim Riley, what headlines are we tracking for the good people of Portland on this Tuesday morning? Well, it looks like we're in for some more restaurant closures due to the problems with the economy. Uh, Papa Murphy's is robbed over the weekend, and because ladybugs were becoming extinct, they're being bred right here in Oregon. Ladybugs are coming back. Awesome. By the way, for those people who have asked about it, uh, my big pot of praying mantis uh, never did hatch. I think we got them too late in the summer. Next year, though, mantis cam. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 8 o'clock. We have a special concert announcement. You want to be listening for that. And Dax Holt from TMZ, plus your chance to win the Beatles rock band. Be listening. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO. It's a Rick Emerson show. It is Rock 101 and KUFO. Coming up at 8.05 this morning, we have Dax Holt from TMZ. More news from Tim Riley. And at some point in the very near future, we're going to be giving away a copy of the Beatles rock band game. You want to be listening for that. Without further notice and without further ado, we want to reveal this big concert announcement. We've been talking about this all morning. And we can now announce officially... This is now officially we can announce this, that Rock 101 KUFO is proud to present Slipknot... And Deftones, October 13th at the Memorial Coliseum, ladies and gentlefolk. Tickets go on sale this Saturday at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. But as we always do, we will have tickets to this before you can buy them. The upcoming show, Memorial Coliseum, October 13th, Deftones and Slipknot. That is happening at Memorial Coliseum, October 13th. You want to be listening all this week to win tickets before they go on sale. And they do go on sale this Saturday, September 12th, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Now, for more information, you just want to go to KUFO.com. You click on the concert calendar and you find out all the details about that. Again, they go on sale this Saturday, September 12th, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. KUFO.com has all your details. Rock 101 KUFO proudly presenting Slipknot and the Deftones October 13th at Memorial Coliseum. And to begin this whole week of giveaways before you can buy them, and again, you will be able to buy them this Saturday. But we're going to give them away all week. We will start that right now with caller number 10 at 503 503- 228-4101-503-228-4101. I win a pair of tickets to see Slipknot and the Deftones October 13th at Memorial Coliseum right here on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's Tuesday, September 8th, 2009. 
Coming up at 805, Dax Holt from TMZ. And at 820, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. And we have uh, some breaking news on Tila Tequila and uh, Sean Warrington, Harrington. Why do I keep saying Sean? It's not Sean anything. I'm completely mangling the guy's name. It is Sean Merriman. Sean Merriman. All right, there you go. So Sean Merriman and Tila Tequila, a little bit of a uh, little bit of a kerfuffle uh, over the weekend. So we'll have some breaking news on that uh, with Greg Nibbler in Ball Talk coming up at eight twenty. Tim Riley, what headlines are we following in Portland, Oregon this morning? All right, we're going to be hearing about where Barack Obama is going to be telling the school kids about an hour or so. And just because summer isn't over yet, it doesn't mean it's not snowing at ski areas. And a traditional British pudding will have its name changed due to political correctness. Really? Yes. It sounds like socialism run amok, Tim. Mm-hmm. It is. All right. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. And at some point very soon, you will have a chance to win a copy of the Beatles Rock Band. And since the first uh, time those words left my mouth this morning, uh, people have been calling and emailing about it. Because it's a big deal. I mean, it really yes. is. It's huge. Just because the Beatles... Yeah, you know what? There's regular time and there's Beatles time, and they march to uh, not only their own drummer, but their whole uh, they they march to their own orchestra in every way. And they've had to uh, they've had to take their own time in the digital age. So it's pretty astounding that they're uh, that they're making the big leap here. So we have that game coming up uh, for giveaway at some point in the very near future. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from TMZ.com, America's most reputable news source and TMZ Television. Our good friend Dax Holt joining us on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Dax Holt. How are you today? Good morning, Rick. I'm doing good. How about yourself? I am fantastic. It's an action-packed day in the life of Rick Emerson and everyone here, as well as in your world. Uh, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how 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 you guys keep up there. I mean, there must be no sleep allowed at the TMZ office because every time you go to TMZ, every time you watch the show, things are just coming. It's like drinking from a fire hose trying to track what you guys are doing. So, what is uh, what is on the docket this morning, my friend? You know better than I because it just comes fast and furious. Well, I kind of like the story about uh, all the, the I, I guess, real estate around Michael Jackson's new tomb uh, is going up in, in market price. Everyone's uh, trying to charge more for being laid next to Michael. I mean, these tombs started at like $7,000 for, for a, a crypt, and now they're up to like 9000 There's someone that's put up their stuff uh, trying to sell it for like $34,000 for a double plot next to Michael Jackson in the mausoleum. I mean, it's amazing how one celebrity uh, can take real estate prices in there and just skyrocket them. I have to say, actually, I'm surprised that it's only $7,000 maybe is the base price because you figure in America, I mean, you just, you know, you just have your funeral and the casket and whatever is, is a couple grand. I think I I think I was surprised because I thought it would have been higher than that from uh, from the beginning. What is, uh, what is the most sought-after celebrity in terms of the person that people want to be uh, entombed next to? Well, I think, I don't know if you saw a couple of days ago when they had this Marilyn Monroe, uh, the plot right above hers inside the crypt was going for like $4 million. And so that's because the plots, I think, on either side of her, somebody told me they were taken. It was like Joe DiMaggio on one side and the Hugh Hefner, on, Hefner on, the other. on the other side. The one, I guess it's all location, location. It's right above her. So you're technically on top of Marilyn Monroe for the rest of your life. See, or... it seems like that's a thing that Hef would have gone for. But, you know, what do, what do I know? Uh, uh, what else is happening in the world of TMZ, sir? Uh, have you been following any of this uh, Tila Tequila beatdown stuff? I have indeed. We had a little bit of that uh, this morning. And it seems that it immediately, I mean, everybody summoned the appropriate lawyers to whatever side. And the lawyers then started putting out dueling statements, although I think Tila Tequila put out uh, her own statement. But what is the next step when a guy like this gets picked up? 
you know, for for alleged domestic assault or battery or, or whatever, they have to arrest you when the call gets made. Isn't that the case? Yeah, yeah they arrested Sean Merriman, which is obviously a San Diego charger. But uh, he, something just seems really fishy about the whole story. The fact that they were clubbing. We've got a bunch of pictures of them from just hours before inside the club. They're doing, like, lap dances. They get back to his house. She calls, says that she's getting choked out, and she he's holding her uh, by against her will. And so the cops come and arrest him. Well, his story is basically saying she was inebriated, and I didn't want her to leave for her own safety. Her her counter <laughs> response is basically that I don't drink, so how would I be inebriated? I'm allergic to alcohol. I have to ask this. I mean, really, because, I mean, look, I'm no mathematician, nor am I a scientist or athletic trainer, but... I mean, he plays for the San Diego Chargers, and she's 98 pounds. It seems like there's no trying to choke out Tila Tequila when you're that guy. And I'm not, I'm not, who knows? It'll all come out in the wash, I suppose. But it seems like that guy wouldn't have to work too hard, uh, you know, to render her unconscious. So the fact that she was not only not unconscious and able to get to a phone and able to be uh, intelligible to the folks at 911 indicates that. I don't know. Maybe there's more to the uh, more to the story than meets I the like eye. There's sir. a lot more to the story that they're not talking about. Yeah. Maybe something happened. Cops showed up, and they're like, "Okay, let's just make up some excuses here." It's uh, weird. I, it, weird, it, weird. They seem like a. Um, it seems like she probably goes for tumultuous relationships too. That would be my read on her. Uh, you know, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but uh, I think she has a a history of perhaps choosing the wrong person. Yes, I would agree. All right, Dax Holt from TMZ. You can see him tonight. TMZ Television, eleven thirty on Fox Twelve. Thank you, my friend. Have a fantastic day. Later, man. There you go, Dax Holt from TMZ. Straight ahead, ball talk with Greg Nibbler. Greg is going to have uh, some breaking news, actually, something that just came across the transom about Tila Tequila and this story. So breaking news with Greg Nibbler's ball talk straight ahead. And right now, if you can be caller 10 at 503-228-4101 and identify this Beatles song. If you can identify that Beatles song right now, it's Caller 10 at 503-228-4101. You'll take a journey through the legacy and evolution of their legendary career while playing along with 45 classic Beatles songs that put you in the game with the Beatles Rock Band. You can pick it up in stores today, starting today, 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 and you can win it all week on The Rick Emerson Show. Be listening and be calling right now to win. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Well, it must be time for my nitroglycerin. My bunions hurt. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll be joined by such luminaries as Jerry Ryan, late of Star Trek Voyager and uh, currently of Leverage. So I'm going to plead a little ignorance here. Has she been on the show already, or is she in the upcoming season of Leverage? Anyone? Anyone? I've seen a few episodes of it, but I don't remember her in it. So it must be episodes yet to be aired. Tim? Um, Greg, I I I swear to God, Greg is forgetting he's on the radio, and he's actually just shaking his head mutely. I have no idea. Actually, I'm I'm embarrassed to admit that. I didn't want to admit it on air that I haven't watched the show that I've been trying to be a part of. I I, I do know from reliable sources that the third season will be filmed here. Really? So you have spoken to, you have a source that it confirms that the third season will Will be shot shot here. here. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Excellent. Well, Greg... More chances to appear on a show that you apparently don't like enough to watch. I think we should all try to get on it. As a matter of fact, you <laughs> that's can watch what, it on demand. Let's that, all compete for the roles that Greg tries out for, no matter what it is. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. You guys will all get on it, and I will still not have, have e- it happen. E- if it's like a six-foot-tall Ukrainian black man, Sarah, 
You yourself should try out for that role. I am going to done and done. Uh, Greg, nothing good comes easy. <laughs> Tim Riley, what headlines are we following on this uh, Tuesday morning? In less than an hour, school children from around this country will be indoctrinated into socialism by the president. He'll talk about such godless topics as studying hard and becoming productive citizens. Uh, it must be He's got to do something. We'll hear more of the uh, Beatles' new rock band video game by someone in the know on that. And uh, Jerry Lewis will get angry, as he always does, Fantastic. on his uh, Labor Day telethon. We'll also talk just a bit about uh, Sunday night's episode of Mad Men, which was uh, awkward and glorious, as only that show can be. It's time for another installment of Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. All right, so in ball talk, we have to talk a little bit about college football, which, of course, started off the season last weekend. And in one of the greatest moments of the weekend, Brigham Young University upset number three, Oklahoma. It was awesome. I watched the end of the game. Lots of crying Oklahoma fans, which is one of the greatest things to watch on television. <laughs> I was going to ask, you seem to have this hatred of Oklahoma. I do. I hate. Well, I hate Oklahoma Why? and I hate Ohio State because both of those teams, no matter what it is, no matter how terrible they were the season before, they will always be ranked high because all of these East Coast writers will rank them no matter what. Ohio State could be 0-12 the last season and everybody will talk this year, well boy they're going to be good this year. I think they're championship material and then every year they get destroyed by some no-name school. So At least Ohio State does. They're kind of the fair-haired golden child and you like to see them get their comeuppance. I love to see them get their comeuppance and I love to see, more importantly, I love to see the Ohio State fans get their comeuppance <laughs> along with the Oklahoma fans and Florida fans too for that matter. Bitter. Yes, I love that part. But uh, And uh, the other thing this weekend, of course, Oregon State handily beat Portland State, which was expected, and amazingly, they did not punch anyone after the game. Uh, contrary to the U of O Boise State game, of course, LeGarrette Blunt with his now world-famous punch, he uh, did come out. He was suspended for the year, so this is his senior year, so he will never play another game of college football. He does get to keep his scholarship, and he is allowed to practice with the team, so uh, he will still be around there on the team, but yes, he, he will not play another college game, although really, in his in his defense, well, not in his defense. Really, it's not going to matter because he's still going to get signed to a $10 million NFL contract anyway. Somebody's going to take him. So he'll have a long career of punching ahead of him when this is all said and done. Yes, and he'll still have his wonderful degree in political science, which I'm sure will be put to good use. That's, I expect to see him to play a major role in many gubernatorial campaigns. Oh, yes, yeah. You'll hear a lot from this young man, I'm sure. Uh, all right, and uh, Sean Merriman. And Tila Tequila. We've got to talk about this. Now, this was a big over this weekend. Sean Merriman, the outside linebacker for the San Diego Chargers. Uh, of course, he's famous for a few different things. He was suspended for four games in 2006 for testing positive for steroids. Uh, he missed almost all of last season with a knee injury, and he is kind of reviled by other NFL players. They, they've actually come out publicly, and they don't, they don't like him too much because he's known as a cheap shot artist and essentially ended the career of Priest Holmes with a neck shot that he did. And uh, on top of that, he's known for his lights out dance which is uh, where he after he sacks the quarterback on the other team he does a mocking dance of this convulsion thing that he does sort of like an epileptic sort of a yeah it's it really is a lot like that so which is highly highly annoying just to watch and uh well he was in the news this weekend for sunday night where police showed up at his home and he was arrested and accused of choking and restraining his girlfriend tila tequila 
Now, Tila Tequila, of course, you know from Shot of Love and Shot of Love yes. 2, the very highly anticipated sequel. It's shot at Love. A shot at Love, whatever it is. Shot of Love sounds really shot of is, it shot, <laughs> it, is it Shot of... They've done two of them. I guess I should know no, the... it's uh, a Shot at Love. The shot only, at Love? Okay. Here's the only good moment from that show, by the way, is at the end of season two, when she picks, uh, you know, because she's all with the, the bisexual and so, so forth, uh, she picks the chick, and then the chick rejects her, and she starts crying. She, Tila Tequila, starts crying. What is with you guys and being obsessed with people crying? Uh, no, just... Just her, uh, okay. and also Scott Tennerman, but uh, mainly her, because she's because she's just a she's just a goblin faced skis. <laughs> There's just no getting around. I'm not saying it's all right to choke her. Uh, you shouldn't do that, kids. Uh, but I'm just I'm just saying. You got to call it what it is, and she looks like she ought to be clawing at the window of a plane and terrifying William Shatner. There's just no avoiding that. Well, uh, Sean Merriman is coming out and saying he did not choke her. He was saying that, uh, in fact, he was trying to keep her from driving away drunk. And we actually have a statement from his attorney to this court. During the evening, Ms. Tequila was extremely intoxicated and inebriated, and Mr. Merriman did everything he could to assist her in arranging for transportation to leave his home. At no time did Mr. Merriman assault her. At no time did Mr. Merriman keep her against her will. His intentions were nothing but good. This will all be bore out. We're very He's a saint. This matter will be resolved without any charges being filed whatsoever. I, you know, I got to say, I love lawyers. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's not. I don't really know. But I know that even if the charges were absolutely, completely true, the lawyer would be saying exactly the same thing, which is what makes them wonderful. Just a fine, upstanding, young, steroid-abusing, career-ending person. Now, see, she claims she wasn't drunk, though. She says that she's actually allergic to, well, to booze. this is what she has been claiming. Here are some of the post- posts from her Twitter account. Uh, I am allergic to alcohol. It has been publicly known for years. This is how I got the name Tila Tequila, because the irony. I can't drink. Uh, she also says, I put all of my love and faith in God, and... And I have a baggage with me loaded with interesting truths inside of it. <laughs> now, these are some of her Twitter posts. Well, here's what's coming out now. Uh, we've dug a little deeper on, on uh, Tila Tequila's Twitter postings. And here is what she said just this last Friday night when she was heading to a party after the San Diego Chargers game. And I'm going to say this exactly how she said. Demand I'm drunk. I'm headed to this Chargers versus 49ers game right now. Yay. Sean Merriman, are you ready? Let's go. So, obviously, it's supposed to be damn I'm drunk. Oh, he's ready. Yes. So uh, <laughs> yeah. clearly she is not telling the truth here. She was, in fact, well, according to her own posts. If you're an obsessive Twitterer, like, don't you think that's going to come back to bite you in the ass? And it is. I, uh, I'm i just uh, I'm just speculating that perhaps this is just my observation as a pundit that in this or any matter at all, Tequila, tequila does seem a lot like a person who would maximize no. Any small event or perceived event in her life uh, for the greatest amount of publicity possible for her. That's just an untruth, Rick Emerson. I'm just trying to phrase that in a very. I'm trying no to be very circumspect. Whore. I see. I already called her a goblin-faced little skis, so I can't really say attention whore. I'll let you say that though, Sarah. Yes, she is clearly the victim here. Uh, all right. Well, that uh, pretty much concludes it. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more information as this comes out on the Tila Tequila Sean Merriman situation and. That concludes this edition of Ball Talk. Fantastic. Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Straight ahead, we'll uh, recap Sunday night's Madman and news from Tim Riley, including a fantastic Jerry Lewis sound clip you don't want to miss. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We're live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. 
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This uh, from Sarah Dillon. That wood burn traffic makes me want to murder somebody. Man, I got stuck because I, you know, I went camping for my friend's wedding reception and got stuck in traffic for an hour on the way down and an hour on the way back because people just can't shop at Abercrombie and Fitch enough. Got to save that four ninety nine. <laughs> But so, I can buy things in bulk here. So annoying. And, like, everyone's just, it's just, like, miles and miles of traffic and the parking lot's jammed. It's like, why would you want to do that to yourself? And why it's would you Labor there? Day, too. And so, it's Labor Day. Yeah. It's like it's a beautiful day outside. What do I want to do? Sit in a mall shoving my face full of fattening food. Well done, Sarah Dillon. That hate's coming along nicely. Speaking of uh, fattening food, so I hope yesterday uh, everybody took advantage of the Chick-fil-A free sandwich day. Although there's conflicting reports about whether uh, there's still a Chick-fil-A anywhere in Portland. I thought that there was one at Lloyd Center. So perhaps it's gone away. Uh, perhaps it was really never there, and I, I was just sort of misremembering. I thought it was a Chick-fil-A at Lloyd Center. I've never heard of Chick-fil-A. It's a, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's like a McDonald's type thing, but their specialty is chicken sandwiches. Uh, you know, they, you know, it's sort of a, uh, you know, it's a fast food restaurant where probably ninety percent of the dishes are chicken in one form or another. Uh, but yesterday was free sandwich day at Chick-fil-A. I feel good about posting it, though, because we have several listeners in uh, Minnesota and Montana. And I know this from my Facebook post. They were like, I live in Minnesota. There's one down the street from my house. I'm going now. Awesome. So, you know, I got somebody a free sandwich somewhere. My mission is done here. It's 503-228-4101. We have uh, more news from Tim Riley coming up here in just a moment. Uh, first, let's talk a bit about Sunday night's episode of Mad Men, Tim Riley. Yes. So, it's what? The fourth episode in... Uh, season three, and I should say right now, there's going to be spoilers in this discussion. So if you if you don't want to know what happened on Sunday, uh, you know that's that's your boggle, friend. You you, you got to either be faster uh, and and get on the ball about these things, or you got to tune out for like the next uh, you know sixty seconds. Just hum London Bridge to yourself, maybe. I did not see the thing coming uh, with Betty's dad at the end with with Gene. Still listening? Dying. Um, <gasps> yeah, you're yeah. you're right there. I told you. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know he died. Well, it's that's why it's called a spoiler. Otherwise, it would be called well, a freshener. I know, but you, you just went on this huge diatribe earlier saying, well, Mad Men doesn't ever have spoilers, Well, I mean, se. it's not a huge plot point in the sense that it's not going to shift the dynamic well, of the show irrevocably. Creepy. I mean, the characters are still going to be the way they were before. But it does, you know, it does show how, uh, what's her name, Betty, is just so completely divorced from her own emotions. I dislike her. I dislike that character intensely, and I always have. I, I feel sorry for the poor actor who played her dad, probably thinking he was going to get a whole season of Mad Men, and his career was finally going to be taken on. At his age, finally his time had come. That's what I was thinking. I can't wait for the season's worth of residuals to be... What do you mean? Page 52. Crap! Now he's just going to have to wait for that uh, John McCain made for TV. He ought to be pitching himself to Lifetime or whoever right now as yeah. John McCain. That guy is John McCain. Uh, I didn't anticipate the, the dad dying. Let me ask you this. In the opening sequence where you see the little girl driving the car with the grandfather, I still don't quite know if that was real life or if that was him being driven by Betty and hallucinating that it was the daughter. I, I honestly don't I, know. I think you're correct. That it was the hallucination? I, I think you're correct, yes. Because it was filmed in that weird kind of dreamy sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I was very uh, very unsure about whether it was real life or whether it was something he was projecting out of his addled mind. How creepy was that sequence when he gets like the Prussian, you know, like the German war helmet with the dried blood on it and he's like wanting the little, the little boy to put it on. And Don has to finally, you know, to dead man's hat, take it off. Yes. Um, other key moments from Mad Men on Sunday, Tim? Let's see. Peggy is moving out of her mom's house and wants to move to Midtown Manhattan and is looking for a one girl to be her roommate. Because, as she says, I am that kind of girl. Mm-hmm. And Joan, the weird thing is watching that Joan uh, Holloway character 
talk to Peggy and how you can tell that Joan. I used to think that Joan was really mean, and I don't think it. I don't think it's that she's mean. I think it's that she doesn't know how to love. I think she's just such a damaged person that even when she tries to be nice, it comes out as cold and bitchy. Because she was trying to help Peggy write her uh, little post-it classified ad to try to get a roommate. And she basically said, she essentially said, like, you're making yourself sound like a prude and, and like an unlikable buzzkill. Don't write it this way. And don't look for a roommate at the office. Everyone here knows you. Which I think was, like, supposed to be helpful advice, but it just comes out just like she's such a C when she does mm-hmm. it. Uh, but I think that's just the way she is. And then we have uh, Sal and his uh, lovely oh, wow. wife having uh, some marital difficulties. Uh, and you knew that that was on the way. So it was so, so awkward and weird. Well, the best line out of his wife was, I don't ask for very much, but I do need to be tendered. Uh-huh. Which is sort of, uh, he needs to... Uh, or was it tended? Follow his uh, his marital impulse, as the doctors used to say. So on Mad Men, Sal is a, you know, he's a closeted man, and he's uh, in this uh, relationship, which is, you know, at least from his perspective, largely for appearance sake. And he's demonstrating part of a commercial he's going to be shooting for television. And the commercial is Anne Margaret singing Bye Bye Birdie. Mm. And so he is acting it out for his wife because he's directing the spot. He's acting it out for his wife in the bedroom with appropriate hand gestures and flourishes. And like, I swear to God, at one point, he's sort of doing like a little curtsy where he bunches up an imaginary skirt around his waist. And his wife looks at him and with she has a look ha- of terror in her eyes. She has uh, what alcoholics refer to as a moment of clarity. Where she says to herself, oh, I get it. That's why he doesn't want to put the sex to me. I understand now. And it was just, and clearly he doesn't know that she knows. He did not realize that she, that she picked up on it. Um, just a, just a really, just a bizarre episode, but good. I, I would say that, and we say this every week, but I think it's the best of the season so far. Yes. Uh, Mad Men, uh, do try to catch it. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 849. We're going to have fog this morning. High temperatures in the 70s most of the day. Expect more cops to be lurking around school, setting up speed traps today. You can't go faster than 20 miles an hour away from those children. And you can't pass school buses either. Kids need to be worried of the swine flu and being indoctrinated into the finer art of socialism by Barack Obama in his speech today. Wanted a loving home for that alligator captured in the Clark County Crick. The Humane Society isn't set up to care for the toothy predators. He'll grow to be 13 feet long and weigh 800 pounds. Well, Jerry Lewis always makes Labor Day by getting angry. This time at one of his sponsors, as apparently the sponsor's banner blocked his view of the tote board on his telethon yesterday. Jerry? Jerry, I think we have a tote. There you go. I'd give anything to see the number up there, but South Point put their god advertisement under it. (laughs) Wow. You'll never walk alone. Not with Jerry Lewis next to you. The Beatles, the rock band video game is out today, and aficionado said there's something in it for everyone. It's become more of a family type of thing, you know, where everyone kind of plays. I know I I get to play with my daughter even though she kills me. Just a fun family type of of game. Some guy. And it introduces the kids to different music, and it kind of brings back memories for the adults also. There's some guy uh, talking about Beatles rock band, which we'll be giving away all week, by the way. Political correctness run amok. The traditional British pudding known as Spotted Dick has been renamed to Spotted Richard by some. 
this is to alleviate uh, some of the uh, immature comments made in certain restaurants about this. It is a policy decision by most restaurants to call it Spotted Richard. Uh, apparently, there were several immature comments made throughout Britain about it, That's and hard catering to staff renamed it Spotted Richard or Sultana Sponge. Now, uh, Sultana Sponge? That's random. I know. Ask you your doctor still, about using the Sultana Sponge. You can still get uh, the Spotted Dick Pudding at my favorite British restaurant that I ate at over the weekend. Is that the Thirsty Lion, Tim? It certainly is, yes. I, I had the pleasure the of dining lion. there. It's funny. I didn't see you there. I didn't see you there either. And usually we see each other everywhere. <laughs> but um, not this time. You know, and, and you know, the weird thing is, I mean, that I mean, I mean that the name of the dish actually comes. Um, it is a. It, I was just looking it up uh, on Wikipedia because this is what I've always heard, and apparently they concur with it is that it is a uh, corruption of the last syllable of pudding. Put you know D I N G. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, you know sometimes sometimes people just can't handle the truth about their own language. We'll talk more about the thirsty line in just a moment. Oh, incidentally, I should read this email since you had the Jerry Lewis thing. Can you play that Jerry Lewis clip one more time? Yes. So this is Jerry Lewis at the, the Labor Day telethon. I wonder where it was sort of in the timeline of this. because as the, as the, This is the very end. Because at the end, that's when it's the best, because that's when he's sweaty and loopy and looking like he's about to die. Well, this is it. Excellent. Jerry, Jerry, I think we have a toad. There you go. I'd give anything to see the number up there, but South Point put their god advertisement <laughs> under it. Attention advertisers, you too can have your product maligned by a fat sweaty guy hooked on Percocet. Uh, How do you do it, Jerry? How do you do it? As Epic Man used to say. <laughs> it's for the kids. Uh, this email says, and I should point out, by the way, uh, just as a preamble, this email comes to us from an actual Sunday school teacher. Subject line, Jerry Lewis. Rick, I just accidentally saw a portion of the Jerry Lewis telethon. I hate to be a jerk about someone who is trying to do good in this world. After all, that's why I work with kids. But how outdated is this show? They had Kathy Rigby playing Peter Pan, and then they went to a sponsor. The sponsor was The Real Player. You know, that medium player that sucks that nobody uses anymore because it's not 1998 and also it's still buffering. Again, I hate to bust on people trying to make good, says the email, but how is this on the air every year? It's been going on for like 40 years and I can't think of a single advancement in muscular dystrophy. Why does it get its own telethon? The emailer continues, I work with a four-year-old with autism and I can't get him to stop kicking me when he's angry, but he doesn't get his own telethon. It's all very confusing, especially since several channels air it like it's the presidential address. Thank goodness for America's Funniest Home Videos, Rick, where I can just watch clip after clip of dudes being hit in the groin. There you go. And uh, I won't identify that person by name. We all know who it is. Uh, it's uh, 503-228-4101. Uh, before we wrap this up, we should say, back on the subject of the Thirsty Lion, uh, KUFO's half-off sale continues, and that is uh, this uh, Friday at 9 a.m. It'll be updated. Among the items offered, a $25 gift certificate to the Thirsty Lion. You get it for half-off. The Thirsty Lion is a Northwest pub with a European flavor. Serves lunch, dinner, and drinks seven days a week. Choose from a list of domestic and import drafts with American and European sports playing year-round on the 50-inch plasma screen. Friday 9 a.m., you're going to be able to get your $25 gift certificate for t- half off. So it's just $12.50. $12.50 gets you $25 at the Thirsty Lion, part of KUFO's half-off sale. Again, uh, this Friday at 9 a.m. is when that all updates. And if you're caller 10 right now, you get one of those for absolutely nothing. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101.
101. Be sure to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Jerry Ryan from Star Trek Voyager and Leverage, as well as uh, MTV's Sway. And we'll also be giving away another copy of Rock Band, The Beatles. The Beatles Rock Band tomorrow and every day the rest of this week. Uh, also, Court and Fatboy, the 7-3-7. Coming up next, it smells like the 90s with our good friend Buzz. We want to thank our special guest, Derek Fisher from the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Also, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Josh Todd from Buck Cherry. And uh, Dax Holt from TMZ. The Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. Our intrepid PA, Greg Nibbler at the front desk. The gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru, Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds. Executive Producer, Christopher J. Paddock. And the webmistress, of course, Bridget from Upstairs. Uh, My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. It is Tuesday, September 8th, 2009. And that is The Frequency. See Kenneth. As always, have a great day and watch out for snakes. Thanks for listening. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.